4: Love Talk Radio. <laughs>
5: Welcome to Freaky Friday. I hope everyone is having a, had a wonderful week. And I hope everyone is ready for the weekend. So, of course, it's a Freaky Friday. Unfortunately, it's my last Freaky Friday, because I won't be doing shows anymore on Fridays. Next week, I'm taking my little vacation. So, but I will still be on, doing the shows Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Just taking Friday, Saturday, and Sundays off. So, this is the last Freaky Friday show. Yeah, so it's a uh, new intro for Freaky Friday, so I'm just going to have to change it. So, but in the meantime, let me do this. Okay, never mind. Don't have to do that. Actually, yes. Let me do this for just a moment. Play a little bit of. I am the host. Okay. Play this for just a moment. Hold on here mm <clears throat> i all depending. I'm in my you in me. Oh, baby. Okay, hello everybody, I'm back, and um, I had to check because I was waiting for the host to call in, so. and Melissa with us this evening. So I'm so excited. It's Freaky Friday, and you know, we're going to have Melissa with us, so let me go ahead and bring Melissa on the air. my switchboard will work right, it's been doing some weird things. Hello, Melissa, and welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Michael. How are you?
5: Good. Doing better than you are, from what I understand.
1: Yeah, it's been kind of an eventful day. Yeah, we're doing good now. Uh, My son was a little ill this afternoon, so I spent the last five hours in the emergency room. But he's, he's good now. We've got our antibiotics. He's resting. So I'm really happy to be here.
5: Oh, good. Gives you a little bit of a break.
1: It does. It does. And I'm always thankful for a space in my day where I can be really psychic. So this is awesome.
5: Yeah, you were lucky you got in and out? It was only about five hours of time in the emergency room.
1: Truly, during flu season. That's actually a blessing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of surreal. You know, we went to the children's hospital and all the little kids and parents, everybody in the waiting room, they're wearing these masks. Uh, you know, because everybody's concerned about the swine flu. So it's very surreal, you know. It has this whole danger feel to it now, so kind of bizarre. Yeah, it, it is scary. It is, yeah. So how are you tonight?
5: Doing good. This is my mm-hmm. uh, last Freaky Friday that I'll be doing because I'm switching my hours and days um, after next week because I'm going on a little vacation.
6: Oh, good for you. Where are you headed? Yeah.
5: Uh, nowhere. Just taking some time off.
6: No oh, good
5: for you. Read Justin. Yeah, because I was um, cutting back because my mother-in-law is coming down. She's a snowbird. Oh, yeah. She's coming <laughs> down for the winter, and she'll be here on Monday, so I've got to go get her place set up next week. And So I figured I'm just going to take the week off and redo my my show schedule because yeah. I've been doing them seven, uh, seven nights a week, but I'm only going down to four. So I said a good way to transition is just take a week off and then come back and do the whole new show. That's nice. So, yeah, I was excited to hear uh, when you contacted me to be a guest on a show.
1: Yeah, well, I'm very happy to be here. This is awesome.
5: So, uh, tell us a little bit more for those of my listeners who don't know who you are. Tell us a little bit more about yourself.
1: Sure. Well, um, I'm an author. I've written a couple of books. I've written a book called All You've Ever Known which is a book that shows you how to get in touch with your intuitive abilities on a very profound and yet very practical level. And uh, I've also written a book called Their Way Home, which is a diary account of my more interesting paranormal and ghost experiences. And uh, I'm also an intuitive, and uh, I have a long history in the corporate world. I have a blog talk radio show. We're at uh, blogtalkradiocom forward slash divine success. and uh, I do readings for people, and uh, and uh, I guess I guess that's about it for my professional side.
5: Well, oh, it sounds like it keeps you busy, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> it does, it does. It's a lot of fun, and I'm I'm very very grateful to. To have such a space in my life, you know, such a huge space in my life where I'm doing spiritual work um, most of every day. It's, uh, you know, I spent a lot of my life not doing that and not being out of the closet, so to speak. And so um, this is most satisfying for me.
5: How long have you uh, been able to speak with those in the spirit world?
1: Well, you know, I was doing it when I was a kid. I I just didn't realize that that's what I was doing, because I was raised in a very religious family. Right now I live in Atlanta. I was raised in um, North Georgia, or or, um, was born in Atlanta and spent my first, I guess, about six years in North Georgia. And Georgia's really the the buckle of the Bible Belt of the South. It's a very conservative state, and... um, when I was growing up it was even more so. And the idea of psychics and and intuition you know, in the seventies that was really discounted. It's not the way it is today where it's so much a part of pop culture and everything from software packages to um, uh any any type of computer program or, or considered intuitive. You know, it's considered a compliment. Um, in the seventies that was sort of an unknown thing. It wasn't something people really talked about. My dad was a minister, and so my family was even more conservative than the average family. So when I was walking around talking to all my invisible friends, as my parents called them, they had no idea what I was doing. They couldn't see who I was talking to, and yet I could see who I was talking to. And it really scared my parents. It really unnerved my, um, my sister's and they just thought i was a little nuts and my mom took me to a doctor and began to ask questions you know to figure out if i was normal (laughs) whatever that is Uh, and uh fortunately this was the time before they began medicating kids and so i didn't have to go through that but it was um you know i didn't know what i was doing i didn't know i was talking to dead people to me they weren't dead to me these were these were friends that came to see me and play with me and hang around with me, and uh, they were very much alive. So, really, since the very beginning, to answer your question, I've, I've talked to them all my life.
5: Okay. Yeah, I've had that also since I was a kid, you, and everyone's like, oh, they're just talking to their imaginary friends.
1: Exactly. <laughs> they're not imaginary to us, that's not what you're talking no. about.
5: <laughs> so, which, which is nice, though. And, um, so you now all the time? I'm Helping sorry? people? i Do you do this full-time now?
1: I do, I, and I love it. Um, I used to do corporate work full-time, and I would do this on the side, and now I do this full-time, and I do corporate work on the side. And, and I, I love it. I'm happiest when I'm of service to people, and to be on my purpose and to be in service is, is truly my happiest place.
5: Uh, how long have you known that you've been intuitive the whole time since you were a child also?
1: No, that's that's actually sort of an embarrassing fact to, to have to admit to because uh, living in such a conservative area, a conservative family, words like psychic and intuitive just weren't used. So I had no name for who I was. I was just weird. <laughs> you know? According to my family, I was just weird. And I would, you know, my mom would... Would get very upset with me for saying things out of turn, to use her words. Um, she felt like I would just, for example, I'm primarily empathic, so I'm always feeling what other people are feeling. And as a kid, I would comment a lot on what uh, other people were feeling, and my mom just thought I was being rude. She would say, "Don't say those things, Melissa." Um, or if I if I came up with some sort of prediction, you know, even on the mildest thing, it just my family's reaction to it was just to ignore it. They were so bothered by it. They were so concerned about it. They just ignored it. That was their way of of fixing the problem. So I was really in my 20s before I met another psychic, and she looked at me, and she said, Oh, my gosh, you're the most psychic person I've ever seen. And I thought, Who is she talking to? And then we we had this wonderful two-hour reading, and... For the first time in my life, I met somebody that spoke my language, and it was that day that I had a name for who I was, and I was 29. So it was a long, lonely 29 years, unfortunately. I think if I had been raised in some place like L.A. or, you know, some place on the West Coast, I would have come to terms with who I am a lot sooner. But that vocabulary just really did not exist in my childhood.
5: Mm -hmm. I kinda tell some, you know, people nowadays too when they're just opening up to their abilities, they're so lucky when they realize it that they're different. Yes. I mean, well, the internet now. Yeah. So that's, you know, that makes them so much more luckier because, you know, finding the internet you can just go ahead and search for everything and you know, and find out that, you know, you're not different but there are other people out there like you, you're not alone
1: exactly and it doesn't matter what your uniqueness is you as you say you get on the internet and you'll find some group somewhere even if there's only 50,000 of you in the world you don't have that feeling of aloneness like like we did before you know the internet came along i mean i was really the only kid for miles that could do what i what i did and um so it was it was unique then, but yeah, it's a huge gift to be able to reach out and connect with people over the internet.
5: Yeah, I was lucky. I had um, a neighbor who was um, a psychic, and she uh-huh. knew ever since I was a little kid that I was um, that I had abilities. And she would tell me, she, she's like, oh, you, you know, you're gonna have someone visit you, and I'll tell you what you saw after it happened, so you know, you know I'm not making this up. Wow. So when I first visited the other side, she came to me and she goes, oh, I knew they came over and visited you and this is what you saw. And I was yeah. like, oh, wow. So what a she, gift. You know, so it was, yeah. So it was interesting and, but it's still kind of scary because you do not know who to talk to or anything. Sure.
1: Yeah.
5: So what's your most memorable um, experience?
1: My most memorable experience, oh my gosh, you know, there's a new one every day. Um, i get a lot of ghost traffic and for years i had no idea why i mean when i was a little kid it was a lot of fun because i had uh, i had friends i had playmates we lived in kind of a remote area and all of these ghosts were they were my friends that i play with every day and this was a time before there were play dates before there was the xbox before there was really any tv programming and so I, I spent a lot of time outside, and I had a lot of playmates. Um, none of them had bodies.
7: <laughs> you know?
1: And when you're little, that's just a very normal thing. But as I got older, it was not considered all so normal. So I did my best to ignore it and deny it. And So I guess one of my most memorable uh, experiences was when I learned why I had so many ghosts in my life, and that was when I met a, na- a gentleman He's a Native American shaman. His name is Raymond Grace. Raymond Grace. And Raymond, I was at one of his workshops, and he was talking about how he had learned from his elders how to cross earthbound spirits over to the other side. And I all but just jumped out of my seat. And, and uh, well, actually, I, I had been staring at this giant Indian behind him in full headdress and Indian buckskins, and I thought, what am I seeing? <laughs> Who is this person? And I asked him, I said, Who is the giant Indian behind you? And he said, Well, what does he look like? And I described him, and he said, Well, that's, uh, that's Chief Two-Trees, and I'd really like to spend some time talking to you. So uh, Chief Two-Trees was his mentor. And so we sat there through the lunch break, and I learned how to cross these ghosts over to the other side. And that, that event, that meeting, really changed my life. Because then I began to understand more about what my life purpose was and, and why my life was so haunted, and why, no matter where I lived, no matter where I went, I had a house full of ghosts, and it was really unnerving. And so I went home that day and started guiding them home. They all at that time, in that house, they all congregated in this giant walk-in closet just off my bathroom. And so I went in and went in and started guiding them home, and for the first time in my life, I was the only one in the house, and uh, that was a huge shift in my life. And I was just blown away by the idea that these are, these guys, these ghosts, knew more about my purpose and what I was capable of than I did.
5: So, have you learned quite a bit from them? Have they helped teach you a lot?
1: They have. I mean, they've they've taught me a lot about life after death, about what happens after you die. About um, really about life and living, because ghosts are a wonderful mirror for us in terms of um, how important it is to flow forward in life, and how important it is to move ahead with that with that next step, and really the penalties and and the anxiety and the depression and you know all the the symptoms and results that occur by not flowing forward, and so. Um, they're I think a wonderful mirror to all of us about how important it is to live life and live it fully and to flow forward and to be authentic and to live as out loud as you possibly can otherwise you're just as much a ghost as they are
5: yeah that's so important we have to learn, uh, learn to live our life um, to the fullest and that's, that's hard especially in this day and age yeah You
7: know.
5: We're Being torn into so many different directions, and um, I know when I've talked to those who've crossed over, it's like you know, a lot of times the message they're telling people is just relax, take it easy, enjoy yourself.
7: Exactly. Stop, you know, and and people like,
5: well, I can't. And like, well, that's their message they want to get across to you is you, you just got to stop, you know, and, and smell the roses or smell the coffee or have some coffee, relax for a while.
1: Exactly. Drop the guilt, quit stressing, stop the anxiety stop driving yourself so hard those are really common messages
5: have you ever uh, actually visited the other side You you have have you
1: oh have i yes um you know i i always connect with the other side in terms of um bringing that energy back over when i'm crossing a ghost over And I have been there in my dreams, you know, in my sleep, and uh, it's very hard to wake up from one of those dreams. You know, it's literally like being ripped from the womb. You don't want to have to come back. But uh, not in a waking state, no.
5: Okay. Yeah, I've only been there in my dream also. Oh, okay. So, it's a beautiful place, though.
1: Yeah, it is. And it's, you know, it's home. It's... Yeah. Where we all—it's where we all come from. It's where we all return to. And uh, as I'm doing readings for people, which, by the way, I think I forgot to give my websites. I'm famous for forgetting my my contact information. Um, my websites are theirwayhome.com and allyou'veeverknown.com. A l l y o u v e e v e r. Oh, you just did that. Thank you for putting yeah. that out there. All you've
5: ever known. I've got to add the other one. I've got your blog talk radio show, but um, let me put thank the other
1: you. one up there, too. Thank you. Uh, yeah, theirwayhome.com. The is... Okay. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, and there's offerings on the home page of each, and if you sign up for those offerings, I send out a free meditation each week. That are uh, The meditations are very empowering, very healing, and, and help people to stay on their path. Yeah, meditation is a wonderful tool, and it, it really helps people, um, to your earlier point, to to stop doing those things that keep you from being connected, that keep you from hearing guidance, that keep you from living a joyful, happy life. Um, but anyway, I was talking about some, what, what were we talking about earlier, visiting the other side, was that it?
7: Yes, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, you, you, you call it home, everybody calls it home. I call my book Their Way Home. And it really is. I mean, to connect with that energy from the other side is just so phenomenal. It's so healing. And once you get there, uh, you don't want to leave. It's very, very hard to come back, at least it was for me.
5: Yeah, Well, uh, for me it was, um, long story short, I had a relative that was living with us and I was taken care of as, as a child. And I went to visit and the neighbor who was a psychic said, you know, go over there, you know, he's going to come to you. To take care of you, they said, We're Just tell me you just want to visit there. She said, Just wait here, you'll come back. And I went there, and it was the most enjoyable, peaceful night's sleep I'd ever had. Yeah. And I woke up the following morning, and I remember bits and pieces, and I remember being told, I'll remember more as I get older. Mm. And um, it was just, I woke up the following morning, and it was like I felt like I'd just fallen asleep, but at the same time, it was just so relaxing.
1: Exactly, and you you feel like you've been gone for so much longer than than just a night. It's it's odd to come back back into a realm where there's time. Did you find that to be true?
5: Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, because also I was like, um, oh, twelve. Yeah, about twelve years old when I visited there.
7: Wow.
5: So it was kind of really. Um, kind of strange, because I was like, wow, it's like I really like that, that over there, but,
1: exactly. you know, at the
5: same time, I knew, you know, they're like, you know, I've got something else to do in life.
1: Exactly, yeah.
5: So for quite a while, I kept wondering what it was, and, um, you know, and more and more things started becoming aware of what I'd visited and seen on the other side,
7: mm.
5: which led me to finally being here, doing blog talk radio. Yeah.
1: <laughs> You know, a lot of interesting experiences happen in our sleep um, and and in that dream state. Um, You know, astral projection, and um, I've had a particular experience that I, I keep hoping to repeat, and you'll have to tell me if you've ever had this. As I'm waking up, I'm communicating with someone through shifting geometric shapes, which I later understood to be sacred geometry but there was this male figure standing there and i'm i'm definitely asleep but my mind is beginning to come awake and we're having this conversation not through words but through the energy of shifting shapes geometric shapes and and then when i became fully awake he disappeared and the language disappeared and i just i felt like it was my native tongue and i was so disappointed To see that moment go, oh, it was just amazing. Have you ever had that?
5: No, I haven't had that experience yet. It sounds ah. interesting.
1: Oh, it was just, it was amazing. I felt like I had gotten to speak my native language, and I guess that's sacred geometry, um, but little bit I know about it. But it, uh, it was amazing. It was, it was just uh, mm. the most intelligent form of communication I think I've ever experienced.
5: Speaking of communicating, when you communicate, because uh, everyone communicates differently with the spirit world, yes. uh, how is it that you communicate with them? Do you uh, see, well, hear?
1: Yeah, I'm primarily empathic, but I do get um, visualizations. I get voices. I get impressions. Um, they, if I'm, if I, if it's a ghost then i'm primarily just getting their entire story at once it's like this giant download of instant information so if i walk in the room and there's somebody there i get this huge download of information about who they are and where they come from and why they're here and i can begin to carry on a conversation with them but it is all energetic it is all thought form and uh... but you know ghosts can make noise and ghosts uh... Sometimes I hear, I hear things that I think are audible to other people, and uh, the people around me will tell me they can't. So I think I use all my clairs pretty equally, but I'm definitely primarily empathic. I get, I get the, um, the feelings and the emotions off of people and, and um, those from the other side first.
5: Yeah, it's amazing, too, when they want to come through. Because normally during my shows, I don't do spirit communication, as I said. Because sometimes, you know, you've got to try to connect with someone. Yeah, and it's And it a could little take time, and I don't want to have, yeah. And I, said, and, I, and I tell people, I don't want to have dead air while I'm trying to connect.
7: Right. Because
5: <laughs> everyone panics. They're like, oh, my God, did we lose them? What happened? Because I have so many problems on the show, technical issues. <laughs> I know. So, but I've had uh, yeah. a few times where they're like, no, I want to come through. And I'm like, okay, well, who are you for then? Yeah. And I'll hear the name right off the bat, and it was like, I said, okay, I said they're persistent. They want to get through, and they're like, oh yeah, that's them. That's
7: great. And it's like
5: okay, they you know when they want to come through, they definitely get the point across. Because a um, couple of times it was like, okay, if you're for someone in the chat room, who? And they yell out their name, real loud. I'm like, whoa, okay, relax, I can hear you now. You know. <laughs> So I private message this person, and I said, um, I think I've got someone here for you. And they're like, oh, okay. So started talking about it, and they're like, oh, yeah, I know exactly who that is. I'm like, yeah, yeah. well, they're persistent.
1: You know, I typically, I, I don't know that I've ever gotten somebody from the other side knocking on my door, my proverbial door, trying to get a message through to someone. I, I don't think I've ever had that happen. Now, I've been in a reading and had somebody ask me, uh, you know I'm curious about my mother who committed suicide when I was four this is her name can you find her and I can make a connection that way but I'm not used the way that you are that John Edwards is. you know it's, um I don't have them reaching out to me to go find someone okay yeah,
5: yeah it, it, it's interesting when I do that um, have you ever had one where one is hiding behind another
1: yes and you know I actually got a little confused in a reading because um I a gal was asking me if I could connect her with um, her father and I said okay and I immediately began describing the man that was coming through and he was a little pudgy and he had the monk's cap and I said he's showing me a I don't remember if it was a cello or a piano. It was some sort of music, large musical instrument. And she said, well, that's my stepfather. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, he's in line first, so <laughs> that's where we're going. And then her father came through, her birth father came through after that. So, yeah, I have had that. That's kind of interesting.
5: Yeah, I think, yeah it is strange when it, when it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually had one. The most strange one is um, I was getting a woman's daughter coming through and then I told her, I, says, well, I said, well, I said, I'm not sure if you know this or not. I said, was she gay? And she's like, no, not that I know. Of. I said, you sure? I said, because I'm getting that you knew that she was. And she's like, no, she definitely would have told me that. So I'm like, okay, well, hold on. So I asked her, well, give me some more information. I said, you know, if she's you know, trying to get the information and all. And I hear a man laughing. Oh. And I'm like, okay. I said, what's going on here? And um, I told her, I said, well, I'm hearing a man laughing. And she goes, well, I do know someone who's gay who was a practical joker.
8: <laughs>
5: and so I said, okay. I said, well, hold on. I said, I got more information coming. Well, her daughter came through, and her son's uh, boyfriend who had died was there with her. And he was hiding behind her.
1: Interesting.
5: And it was like, so they both had a message that came through, Yeah. and it was like, and she only wanted to come through for her daughter, but at the same time, her son's um, boyfriend came through and said, you need to call him because he is really depressed.
7: Oh,
1: yeah.
5: So she got off the phone with me, called him up right away, and then called me back up like an hour later. She goes, yes, he was thinking of me and thinking of his boyfriend. She was, and he was on the phone crying, saying, Oh, Mom, I was thinking about you, and I was thinking about him. And So she relayed the message, and he felt better.
1: Okay. So it was kind of really
5: interesting when they were hiding like that, coming through. I was like, that is strange.
1: Yeah, <laughs> unique, yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. You know, they all have their own... Uh, the, the personalities that they have in life are oftentimes the same personalities they have in death, I find. Uh, whether they're earthbound spirits or people that have already crossed over... And if they were pranksters in life, they're still kind of pranksters in death. You know, they enjoy uh, a little joke. They enjoy um, being funny. They enjoy sort of being the center of attention. That's interesting.
5: So you should be interested in taking a couple of calls now.
4: Sure, I'd be happy to.
5: Okay, let's see what we've got here. We've got quite a few people in line here. Area code three four zero. You're on the air. Hey. Hi. Hello. How are you?
8: I'm great. How are you today?
5: Good. And who's this?
8: This is Trista. This is, Trista. This is my second time in in your chat room.
5: <laughs> well, welcome.
8: <laughs> Thank you. I was calling Melissa. Um, I know I, I know I don't know how you know, but about my cousin. You know When he passed And I kind of Like found out After the fact I didn't know He was sick and, and I never Got a chance To say goodbye You know We always spent Every summers With each other And you know I know he's alright But you know I just You know Just came to What's his first I, name? Uh Well Ricky uh,
1: Ricky Ricky And what's your first name? Tresta. Trespa Trespa? hmm Oh, okay, um, so this is somebody that you had, you know, as you referenced, a, a very close friendship with, and it was almost like a, um, a more of a brother sister relationship than it was a cousin relationship. Right. The, the two of y'all related to each other more easily, more clearly, more directly than I think either of you did with other members of your families. And um, some was there some time, or it seems to me that there was some time. Um, for y'all were not communicating Prior to his passing It doesn't seem to me that there was an argument or anything But just that no. there was distance there
8: Yeah, it's just You know, when you're in your early 20s You you go it's on 50. with, you, you know, you have kids And, and yeah. then I found out And the last time I seen him, you know He, you know The, the family was more or less Kind of like against his life, his lifestyle He was gay well, I never cared about it I loved him well, me- very
1: let me let me bring through what he's saying first. Um, he's saying that he doesn't want you to feel guilty about the distance that was there in the relationship before he passed. Um, he's saying that you're full of I shoulds. Yeah, you know, I, I should have reached out. I should have kept contact. I should have. I should have. I should have. And he's saying that's a waste of time, honey.
8: Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah.
1: So he's saying, let it go, he's having a marvelous time, he's perfectly happy, um, he's like kind of, I don't want to use the word spastic, but it, was, was he like kind of physical when he'd get really excited, almost like jumping up and down, kind of,
8: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he would, we would da- you know, he. we would just make each other laugh.
1: Yeah, he's just he's silly, so just like, yeah, like jumping up and down, kind of spastic happy. So,
8: um,
1: yeah, he's just, he's. Uh, anyway, he's he's doing fine. He's wonderful. He's he's happy, 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 and he wants you to be the same way. So drop the I shoulds. And uh, he's saying um, for the people that weren't okay with him, for the way that he was, that's, that's their learning, and you need to let them have their learning. So drop your attachment to um, it's almost like you feel like you need to make things right with his family and for um, whatever lack of acceptance was there. Just let that be their stuff. He's saying, mm-mm, that's theirs to deal with, that's theirs to resolve. Stay away from it. Go live right. your life and be happy.
8: Right. That, okay. I mean, he, I know, and I know he's okay.
1: Yeah, he's doing great. Him let him know I love him. Okay. Well, you know, they are always around us, and you, I, you know, I'm certainly communicating that to him now, but he's with you right now. He's with us. He's here. And so... Any time you want to express to him how you feel, you do that. So if it's at night when you're thinking about him and you're moving around your house, you know, the kids have gone to bed or whatever and you just want to say, Oh, Ricky, I love you and I miss you, do that. Do that because he can hear you and you will begin to feel some validation of his presence. He will make himself known. Did he wear a cologne? Did he wear like a strong cologne? Um, I never really paid attention as far as the cologne. Okay, um, I was smelling, yeah, I was smelling like a cologne and uh, a mixture of cigarette smoke. And so, I don't know, you you might notice some scents or some smells that come through after you begin talking to him. But certainly whenever you, there's something you want to say to him, go ahead and say it to him because they know when we are thinking of them, have feelings toward them, about them, uh, and when we're talking to them. So you always have that direct connection there for you. Okay, thank you. You're
3: welcome.
5: It's interesting, too, and I get uh, a lot of people wonder if they, what their personalities, if they've changed when they're on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> and I tell them, no, they're the same as they were on the, you know when they were here.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly the
5: same, yeah. Go ahead and grab another caller here. Okay. She has some good energies about her, too. I kept yeah. hearing I kept hearing for some reason, it's like, girl, you need to dance more.
1: Oh, that's Because it was nice. like, I
5: guess they used to dance and all together or something, too, from what I was picking up.
1: Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it seems like a very playful relationship.
5: Yeah. It's funny, too, I've seen them lined up, um, when I uh, well, I started doing this um, online, I was in a chat room, and it was in um, a London, England um, website, a UK website, and I was in there, and I'm like, wow, I said, I could see all these spirits lined up, and the host was just like, well, go for it, you know,
7: wow. and it was
5: funny because I could see them sitting at tables and just sitting there waiting, and it'd be like, oh, yeah, there they are,
7: <laughs> as I
5: could see people who were popping into the chat room because it'd be like, so-and-so entered the chat room. And all of a sudden, I'd see the spirits, you know, so many deep or whatever. And they'd be like, oh, there they are. I knew they'd be here.
7: <laughs> and I'd see, and, I'd,
5: and I would know who was, who was waiting for who. And I remember this one little boy got so excited. He hurried up and jumped up and ran up there. and goes, I got to go next. I got to go next. You got to let me go. You got to let me go. And everyone's like laughing and carrying on. They're like, she's not going anywhere. Don't worry. He won't let her go anywhere. He's like, I don't care. She's going to leave. I know she's going to leave. He was so impatient.
7: Yeah. So
5: I told everyone in the chat room. I said, nobody leave right now. I've got a hyper, very hyper little boy here that's going to leave. <laughs> so stay here. And nobody he went and moved. sat back down. Yeah. And uh, the other spirits are like, you know, just go ahead. It's like, you know, wait. She's not going anywhere now. And I said, you got to wake your turn like the rest of us. You know, you've got a long time to wait. So <laughs> finally, you know, he went and sat back down. He went and played with the other little kids. And finally, it was like it was tr- his turn. One of the other spirits like, okay, it's your turn. Come on. You can get your message across. So, but it was just so funny watching and playing and stuff and having, you know, carrying on. It was just, you know, sitting at like, um, being like at a Starbucks with those little tables outside of yeah. chairs.
1: Yeah. I, I thought was the sitting
5: in little tables like that. i like, this is kind of neat, you know?
1: That is very like, watch cool. watching sit there. Yeah.
5: Area code 970, you're on
9: there. Hello. Hello, Hello how are you? I'm good. How are you?
5: Good. And what's your first name? Lori. Lori. Hi, Lori. Welcome to the show. Thanks. And how can we help you tonight?
9: Um, I was wondering if um, Melissa could get in touch with my grandmother for me.
1: What's your grandmother's name? Doris. 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 Doris, Doris, Doris. You know this is funny, Michael, because I don't really consider myself the medium, and yet I'm getting all these mediumship questions tonight. <laughs> um, Michael's way more the medium than I am. Um, Doris, was she a heavy-set woman?
9: No, that's Geraldine.
1: Geraldine. Okay. Speaking of one spirit hiding behind another, I'm yeah. I'm, pick, I'm picking up on a on a heavy-set woman who has a habit of saying, "I told you so." Um, Geraldine, is this another grandmother, or?
9: She was like a grandmother to me.
1: Like a grandmother, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's uh, full of advice, full of words of wisdom, full of, um, I told you so, full of, uh, now, honey, this is the way you need to do it kind of person. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not picking up on Doris. I'm getting Geraldine for some reason. <laughs>
9: I no, I I got that right. As I said, Doris, I I kept, Geraldine came to mind. Is she? <laughs> she's been more of a guide to me and, and kind of a guardian angel.
1: Yeah, I feel yeah. like she's present, particularly in your relationships with men. She has a definite opinion as to who you should be with and who you should not be with. Who oh, you should, okay Who you should spend time around Who you should not spend time around I mean, the, literally the woman has an opinion on everything From <laughs> from relationships to ham sandwiches You know, she's uh-huh. never without an opinion And uh, truly, from the tips of her toes to the top of her head She wants what's best for you And I think you're right I think she does spend an ex- a lot of time around you counseling you, giving you information on anything and everything, whether you ask for it or not. Uh
6: huh.
1: She's your own personal chat room. She <laughs> gives you
7: <laughs> all
1: kinds of information in terms of, uh, you know, if you just sat still and meditated, you would be able to tune in to what it is that, well, you probably already do, but you'd be able to hear what she's saying, because she talks constantly. Okay. Yeah, and I get the feeling that she was somebody that um, she talked so much that people almost felt like she wasn't listening, but she never missed a trick.
9: Okay. Michael, well, are you
1: getting, are you getting Doris?
5: No, I'm not picking up. Uh, I'm not getting any any connection at all right now.
1: Apparently, this is Geraldine's moment, Laurie.
9: Okay. Yeah. yeah. That would that would really make sense. Yeah.
1: And,
9: um, I I'm a healing touch practitioner. Oh, okay. And a lot of times I get these intuitive hits, and I'm I'm real skeptical, and and I'm I'm not trusting my own intuition, and so things like I'll hear things over and over again in my head like a broken record, until I finally say it out loud, and then it'll stop. So I mean that's how <laughs> they got me to finally say it to the client, because I. I'm like intimidated, especially, especially if they um, don't know that they're going to have some kind of intuitive reading at the same time.
7: Yeah. So
9: I, you know, and and then lately it's been I get a tickle in my throat until I say it, you know, and yeah. I, I mean it'll make me cough and I won't be able to do my work.
6: Yeah.
9: Until I say it. You and know. You one really. A, I'm sorry. Go, go, ahead. go ahead. Oh, you go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Uh, uh, I just I was going to say you you really want to go the easy way on honoring your intuition because uh-huh. I I went the hard way and it's far too painful. So um, they will work on you and you will work on you. You will set up challenges and tests for yourself until your authentic self begins to come through. And you know I was talking earlier earlier about connecting with this. Male entity who was communicating me with me through sacred geometry and to me that just felt like my native tongue you know it just it felt so normal when you are doing something that feels so innately natural as I feel that um, intuitive connection feels to you, you get energized by that so you want to pay very close attention to the things that energize you and I think that when you are in that space where you're helping to heal someone through touch that if you get information you really need to share it and you want to do it the easy way if you're being urged to do it you can trust that they are helping to guide you to deliver information in a way that is best for the person that you're helping in other words you don't really need to worry about offending people Um, people there are far more people out there that are way more open to this stuff than you would realize and it's not something that you can really understand until you just start doing it, until you just start speaking that language with people. And then you realize, holy smoke, there's a whole lot of people out here that understand this language and that are hungry for it. So if all you get is a tickle in the throat or repetition in the mind, then honor it at that level. You know, don't don't drive it any further than that. You don't want any more resistance than that. And uh, just begin to flow with it, and you're going to realize how much better you feel after you pass on that information.
9: Uh huh. And you know, I've also when I do a work before I do it, I I um, invite in four archangels into the four directions, and uh-huh. I feel guided, and I feel protected, and I feel um, I really honor the space first. I, I set up the space that it's. Um, for the highest good of all concerned, and there's been a couple times i mean this has really stretched me i'm I am a very you know logical person kind of left brain person most of the time and um hello
1: yes i 'm still here
9: oh sorry <laughs> um, and so this has kind of stretched me out of my um comfort zone sometimes, but there have been occasions when um uh, like i i I asked my guides to get in contact with the client's guides and at one point this one woman it felt like the room was just all of a sudden full and it kind of scared me and i i asked the archangels to clear the room out except for her you know her guides and and like before i could even think the whole thought the room was cleared and then another time um i was working on a gentleman whose mother had died when he was young and it felt like she just entered my body and and was able to touch his face and just love him for a moment
7: Aww.
9: and somebody told me that that's not okay and i you know i just I, I you know i i mean i didn't i i don't it didn't feel wrong or bad in any way. it was this mother reaching out to his to her son you know and and i feel i feel protected and i feel grounded and i do a heart alignment before i start i'm real centered and stuff and and i i don't understand the fear aspect of that but is it that's something that i need to watch out for
1: so the mother came through not through you but just became present in the room
9: she became present in the room and then all of a sudden i felt just this so proud of him and i you know wanted to hold his face in my hands you know like she was in my body you know and she just she just was so proud and she loved him so much you know yeah and and somebody said you know she's she entered your body and that's not okay but i i don't really quite see what's wrong with that well, I, you know, you
1: definitely don't want to share space with another spirit. I mean, you know, your body is your space, and one spirit per body is is a good rule. Um, that may have just been a very strongly empathic experience where you were really feeling and connecting with, with what sorts of emotions that she was bringing forward. Um,
9: that seems more right, yeah. That, and That feels mm-hmm. more right
1: and And two, you want to be as someone who's primarily empathic, you want to be you want to create a little bit of distance between what somebody else is feeling and what you're feeling because what other people are feeling isn't always positive, and you you don't want to blur the lines between your emotional experience and someone else's it's It's easy to do, particularly if you're someone like yourself who is sensitive and and maintaining clarity about what's going on in the room, and, and here is his mother, and this is what she feels, and, you know, you can help communicate that, but you don't want to um, necessarily share in that emotional state if you can, if you can help it.
9: Okay. And uh, how do you do that? I mean, or just is the awareness of it, you know, awareness of where yeah. your boundaries are enough?
1: Yeah, it's, it's um, that's that's really all there is. It's just to have a, a very clear awareness of of what's going on in the room. So if you're very aware that there's another spirit there, and you are very clear about what is their communication, whether it's emotional or thought form or or whatever it happens to be, let that be their communication. You don't need to empathize with that, and and you. Stay in your space. What was it from the, the the movie Dirty Dancing? You know, this is your dance space. This is my dance space. <laughs>
7: yeah. so everybody
1: stay in your own space.
7: Yeah. Um,
1: otherwise, it can otherwise it does get confusing. And as I said earlier, if you if you get in a practice of sort of blurring the lines and being a little too open to what other people's emotions are, you end up coming in the room, taking on somebody's stuff, leaving. They feel much better, and you feel horrible. So, you just, you know, you want to be careful about being aware of what your stuff is and what their
6: stuff is. Uh
9: Uh-huh.
6: Yeah.
9: Okay. Well, and do you get anything, any uh, messages from Geraldine, or just that I should meditate?
1: Any messages from Geraldine? Let's go back to Geraldine. Um... She's very impatient, and she feels like that you should have caught on to this um, trusting thing much sooner. She feels like that you can go so much farther in life than where you are, and she wants you to be more deliberate about setting your sights on things that you want. She says that you, you spend too much time catering to other people, taking care of other people's needs, and you need to get clear on what it is that you want and how you want to live your life enjoy your life she wants you to have joy okay does that make sense for you
9: that makes perfect sense thank you so much
1: okay yeah she's very insistent that you make time for you and that you live your life in such a way that your dreams are being fulfilled and at this point you may be so busy that you are you know that's only an intent for you but make Uh sure you you make time at least
9: for that Okay. okay. Great. Okay. okay. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Have a good bye evening. Bye bye. You too. Bye. You too.
5: Well, I do have somebody who, who does want a psychic reading.
1: Oh, good. Okay. You're my forte.
5: <laughs> yes. Hello, Erica206. You're on the air.
10: Good evening, you guys. How are you doing?
5: Good. How are you doing, Gamma Debbie?
10: I'm doing good. Kind of concerned, but okay. (laughs) I don't know if it's concerned or excited about our big move coming up, and I was wanting to know what you see coming for that.
1: What's your first name? Debbie. Debbie, okay. And you're saying that you have a big move coming up? Yep. And uh, you're moving... Next month. Uh, next month. You're moving your home, is that it?
10: Um, yeah, me and my grandkids.
1: You and your grandkids are moving, and you're wanting to know if you're afraid or if you're excited, is that it? Yeah, and
10: okay. how you see it going, you know, playing out.
1: Okay, let's see. Um, you know, I think your style in terms of of handling change is just to sort of storm or, you know, sort of brace yourself and head um almost like a football player, just to sort of uh, charge ahead into the, into the storm, and whatever happens will handle it. And what I think you want to do here, I mean, what I sense is that you're feeling uneasy largely about not having a whole lot of information in terms of, um, of the new place, you know, the new community, right. how things are going to be set up, the details of how things are going to flow. And if you took some time to investigate the logistics of things, the details of things, that would give you a lot greater peace as to how you're going to handle it. And I think your approach is more like, um, you know, I don't necessarily know how we're going to figure this, how, how this is going to go, but we're just going to figure it out when we get there. And that will sort of lend itself to a build-up of anxiety. So. Um, I wouldn't say that that it's you know one or the other excitement or um, fear, but what I would say is is that you you want to take the time to to do a little more research and find out what your real questions are you know where are the kids going to go to school and how far away is it and what is the schedule and how are they going to get there and who's their pediatrician going to be and you know so on and so forth and just
11: right. get
4: your
1: get your questions down on paper and this move doesn't have to be full of surprises that just come at you one by one. It can be a, a more well-organized process for you, and I think that will give you a better sense of comfort.
10: Okay. That makes sense because I'm, I'm worried about the details of everything. So.
1: Yeah. and I think if you just take more of a, a step-by-step approach, get your questions written out on a legal pad or type it into your computer and just start addressing them one by one, and getting okay. the information that you need, and then you're going to have more of a, you're going to feel more resourceful than you get there, as opposed to overwhelmed. Okay. Yeah. That
10: sounds good. Okay. Okay. I
4: appreciate
1: you, and thank you very much. My pleasure.
10: You're welcome. And we'll I'll talk see you, you in later, chat GP. GP. All right,
5: baby. Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs> yeah, she had private message me, and I told her, "So call in. We'll do a psychic reading." She said, "You sure? I feel like I'm cheating on you." I said, "No. I said, call in." <laughs> I've known her. I've known her for years. I said no. I said sometimes it's good to get advice from somebody else too. So
1: that's hysterical.
5: So do you want to take a little break, or are you ready for more callers? No, I'm
1: fine. Yeah, we'll take more callers. Okay. Okay.
5: Area code nine zero three. You're on
6: the air. Hello. How Hello. How are you? Good. Okay. How well, can we this help is you? Haley. Yeah, this is Haley. I I speak have been on a guest of both of y'all shows. <laughs> um, I want to know, if, do y'all see me getting a job either one? I don't I don't have any preference. I need to know the job outlook, <laughs> spiritual outlook,
1: in terms of when.
6: Yeah, like, um, because I've got some connections, it seems like, here and there, but I really just got out of school for something, and uh, so, yeah, is is it a week, do you feel two weeks, do you feel, I mean, because it needs to be kind of (laughs) soon. Yeah, what kind of field are you in? Well, I just got out of school for just like a certificate, and it's for the oil and gas production, but it's like um it's gonna be like a pumper type job. It's not necessarily a spiritual field, but <laughs> I yeah. figured well, it could get me it could get me there eventually,
1: yeah, you know what I was sensing was a new beginning in the spring, um but that doesn't necessarily mean that that you wouldn't have a job sooner than then, but I was sensing um um a more solid new beginning in the spring, so it's possible that you would have something between now and then. But I think something that you would be more excited about is is uh, what is this September, October, November, January, six months. Um, so a new beginning in about six months, but um, easily some other sort of income generating position shortly. Bef- I mean, shortly after now.
6: Okay. Well, that's. Great. Is there anything uh, else coming up around me? Any uh, anybody waiting to communicate?
1: Yeah. I, as I mentioned earlier, I typically don't have spirits from the other side knocking on my door saying, "Hey, I got to get a message through." I think that's more Michael's expertise.
6: Right. Well, it's free. Yeah. Either one. Okay. Do you get anything, Michael?
12: Hello,
1: I think you might be tuning in, (laughs) oh, oh, I'm sorry.
6: I think it might be Mercury retrograde. They're talking about that in the chat room. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's okay. Poor <laughs> BTR has been like in major havoc since Mercury retrograde started on everybody's show.
1: Has it really? Okay, Michael, are you still there?
6: This <laughs> is. <laughs> he's on the he said in the chat room, hold on.
4: Oh, okay. <laughs>
6: okay. I think he's trying to get back in Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, yes. Um so as I was saying, you know, I've been getting all these tap on my window now for like two weeks. So it seems like there is something trying to come through and <laughs> I know you were talking, you had told me before, they're here to wake you up. And so, you know, and I think that's true. You know, they are, they do come around like that. But, my goodness, it seems like I'm definitely hearing the taps now. What do you got to say is what I want. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I definitely okay, am you. Oh, there he oh. is. Oh, hi, Michael.
5: Yeah, I don't know what happened. I'm using click to host, and I can hear you, but you couldn't hear me. And I'm like, uh-oh. So I actually had to dial in. <laughs> oh,
1: Okay. Well,
5: we're glad you're back. Yes. Um, Actually, I was seeing a guy about six foot, six one, with dark hair and glasses and a mustache, is who I was picking up on. Does that resonate with anybody?
6: I don't know anybody like that. But it's cool, I was just can see I mean, it's really no a no big deal um and And I just was telling her there's been all these taps, so it just seems like there's been something here trying to to get a message through that I'm missing apparently at, in my meditation or sometime or another but um so, but thank you' all both for the reading. I appreciate you're it. very welcome. And you know, uh, Haley, what you can say to
1: those who are tapping, particularly if it's bothering you? Tell them to knock it off.
6: <laughs> yeah, just stop, dang it. Yeah, yeah it's only tell in my off. room of the apartment. It's only in my room. It's not yeah. out through the rest of the house, but it's just my room.
1: Yeah, tell the tell the happy tapper, okay, I know you're here. I get it. Now stop, and, and <laughs> most likely they will.
6: Okay. All right, you guys have a good night. Okay. You too. Bye. Bye.
5: Yeah, because I have uh, clicked a host on my switchboard, and all of a sudden I was like, "Oh, wait a minute!" <laughs> so that's why now, if you look at it, it, says waiting for host to call in. It's like I had to call in on a different, from a different uh, number, and also.
1: Wow, how bizarre!
5: Yeah, it is strange. So let me go ahead and take another caller, and then I'm going to call in on the host number so that's where I've okay. got the switchboard the right way that I need to have this working.
10: <laughs> okay. It's
5: always exciting on my show. Never a dull moment. That's for sure. <laughs> Uh it's not gonna let me do it that way. Okay. Hold on one moment. Yeah, uh, it's telling me I can't do that. It's like, okay, fine. <laughs> Yeah, definitely Mercury and retrograde, that's for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was just talking this morning on my show um, about um, I used to never get affected by Mercury retrograde, and then about two years ago, it just broke loose and and affected me in every way possible. Our landline went out, my cell phone went dead, um, I was doing an email campaign, it totally got fouled up i didn't get any of the emails out it's just in every way possible and i stopped because you know during during mercury retrograde if you you start anything new you 99 and a half percent of the time will end up having to start over and do it over again so i don't i don't start anything new in the middle of mercury retrograde i just kind of lay low and chill
5: yeah that's totally understandable but most of my regulars know it's like, oh, yeah, okay, GP always has problems on his show, so. <laughs> so That's why it's like, oh, well, we lost him. He'll be back. It's like, yeah, it's just another one of those technical difficulties that I seem to have on here. Let me go ahead. Now I can take another caller. Okay. Go ahead, Area uh, code 484. You're on the air.
3: Hi, it's Kimmy. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm not too good. i got a huge problem.
5: <laughs> and maybe we can um, help you.
3: I hope so. I really do. It's really, really bad. Uh, I've been crying all day. But um, to make the long story short, uh, I got a great job. And I talked to you before also, GP, when I asked you about a job um, that I was looking for and back in the lab, and I did get it. You said that I would, and I did get it. And it's a great job, great money, and things like that. And I had two little celebrations and uh, some friends, some friends of friends that I really didn't know so well, but... I guess I wasn't their favorite person and they spiked my drink and they said they couldn't stand me and that um, they didn't want me to be happy and they were tired of hearing about my good fortune I found that out afterwards so yes my drug test came up positive and I was supposed to get information today about uh, my flight and hotel arrangements because I was supposed to start work on Monday they were sending me to go to Kansas uh, for two weeks for training, and I haven't heard a word. Um, As soon as I, you know, got the test results and I investigated, I immediately called uh, the person who hired me. He wasn't in, but I left a voice message Then I called in today to ask, is there any word about my arrangements or my flight, and I still haven't heard anything, so please tell me What's going on? Do I still have my job? Am I still going for training? I'm like so ready to go for this training um,
1: are you you're asking Michael or you're
3: asking me uh either one. That's fine uh, well. Have you seen your drug test? you seen the results? No, the doctor called me and told me the results. Oh,
1: okay. So you're aware of what the results are?
3: Yes. And I called my boss or the person who hired me, and um, they weren't in, so I left a message letting him know what had happened and what the drug test results were. I'm a very honest person. Yeah. So um, I let them know, but I did not get a call back, and then a couple days went by, which leads to today. And I was hoping to get information today about my flight and uh, about the hotel and different things, because they said that I was going to be on a plane on Monday uh, to go to uh, Kansas City, Missouri, then cross over to uh, Lenexa, Kansas, for two weeks training. And I haven't heard a word from anyone about anything. So i yeah. just I feel worthless. That's what I put in the chat. I really do. I just feel worthless.
1: I'm so sorry. Um, you know, you you need to get a conversation with uh, whoever your contact is over there. Were you interviewing with someone directly, or were you just dealing with HR?
3: Uh, no, it was. I interviewed with three people, but I know you, the, the main person who did hire me. That's okay. the person that I called and left a message on the voicemail.
1: Yeah, a failed drug test is usually a pretty big deal. I, um, I would do everything possible to get a conversation with them. Um, if you, if they've not answered your phone calls, then go back and uh, if you have their email address, then send them a brief email. And um, I don't know. You know, I'm trying to look for some positive information. I think there's a chance you could still work it out, but you you're, it's, you know, okay. a, a failed drug test is just a big deal. It's hard for anybody to be able it's, you know, even if they were on your side, it's hard for them to get around that. But if you could get a conversation with them and communicate to them what happened and ask them how they... Uh, would like to handle that. You know, they might give it a month or so and uh and, and let you take it again or something like
3: that. Um, yeah, that's you, why I was telling myself I'm willing to do random or whatever.
1: Yeah, know. exactly. Yeah, it
3: ridiculous, but uh, this is like the perfect job and I just didn't want to lose it. So, but I haven't yeah. heard a word from anyone.
1: I'm so sorry. That's really stinky. Um It is. <laughs> I feel pretty bad. I know companies are um, companies are real sticklers about I mean I, I still have an executive search firm so i'm I'm familiar with the whole process of hiring and drug testing and um, a lot of companies do credit checks these days and um, they take it very seriously and and what you need to be able to do is to get a conversation with with them so that you can make this more of a, a personal type of um, discussion as opposed to, um, you know, them treating you like uh, applicant number 371,
3: you know what I mean? Right, yeah, yeah, because I called a couple of times, but I just couldn't get a hold of anyone.
1: Yeah, well, stay with it, Um, stay with it, try not to panic, stay focused on what it is that you want, and um, if you can create some space to to tune in and listen, to meditate, um, and... And, and just continue to to reach out to them, and say, "Listen, this is this is a really bizarre situation, and um, you know, I'd be happy for you to check any of my references, talk with anybody from my corporate past that you like. Um, this is this is not something that I do."
8: Right,
2: absolutely.
1: And being willing to submit to random is is a huge offering. You know, that's something yeah. that could give them a, a lot of comfort. But, um, yeah, I know the cold shoulder is, is uncomfortable, and particularly to feel that withdrawal of their interest and their energy is right. okay. is frightening. But stay focused on what you want. And at the very least, you know, you have to realize this is not the only company in the world. This is not the only job in the world. And, and you do have marketable skills, and you do have a lot that you can offer. So I think, too, a lot of your... Energy and frustration and and uh, upset around the way your friends treated you is sort of getting tangled up with how you feel about about the job itself. So right. um, you know you don't want to feel betrayed twice. You know. Right. So keep I mean keep doing everything that you can to to connect with them and to have a voice to voice conversation. Right. Let email be your last resort, but but um, definitely keep pursuing that contact and then continue to market yourself out there continue to look for other positions this is not the only company in the in the country that's hiring right now right you're right and don't don't lose faith you you have and and i think this is sort of indicative of how you deal with crisis you know it's it's um kind of a, an emotional roller coaster for you and um What I'm hearing is that this is a good opportunity for you to practice being the kind of person that you want to be and handling crisis in the way that you would like to handle it, which is to be more logical, to be more balanced, to be more self-supporting, to really be there for yourself in the way that you wish that your friends had been there for you. And um, keep your feet on the ground. Don't lose sight of what it is that you want. And don't ever go out with those people again. No, I'm done. (laughs) Don't ever have a conversation with them. I mean, I I think um, one of the things that you're meant to overcome in this life is is trust issues. And not just, um, you know, some people have a very difficult time trusting anyone, and so they shut everybody out, whereas I think you have a difficult time trusting people, and yet you let way too many people in that really shouldn't have your trust. And so, you know, so even when you when you know better in the beginning, you don't always feel empowered to say no or to say, mm, I think I'll keep this person a little bit of a distance. Right. So that's something that you can begin practicing, and um, and not everybody's worthy of your trust.
9: Right.
1: So um, perhaps this isn't working out exactly as you planned, but that happens. Um, that happens to everybody, and you you don't want to go the way of feeling um, that your worth is affected by that. You, um, you know go for a run, be pissed off for a while, and then go get the job that you want,
7: okay.
1: yeah, you've got marketable skills, and um, you know where you where you want to put your energy is really in in Supporting yourself in this process. Okay, I, I will do that. And everything happens for a reason. Every, and I know it sounds trite, but it's true. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah, I, I do believe that. Yeah. So you know, kind of give it a little bit of time and see, see how it pans out before um, before you're ready to throw yourself off the cliff. Yeah. You know, give it a little time and space and have some faith. Okay. And uh, it's it's you're. In the end, you're going to end up
3: seeing um, uh, how this has worked out beautifully. So hang with it. I will. Do okay. you want to add anything to that? or I was just going
5: to say it? the same thing. Just hang in there. Everything will work out fine for you. Just be open and honest with them.
3: I will. Well, thank you both. You're, you're welcome. welcome.
5: You. Let us know how everything goes for you.
3: I will. I'll let you know. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye.
5: Bye-bye. I always tell people that honesty always pays in the long run, even even when you come to a failed drug test or anything like that.
0: It really you know, be does. Be honest
5: with them and talk to them, because that's what they're looking for, someone who's going to be honest, and not say, oh, well, I don't know how that happened. Right. And it's <laughs> like, uh, yeah, we know how that all happened, just be a little honest here, you know, because that's what they're looking for, someone who's going to be honest. Right, right. Go ahead and take another caller here, because we've got quite a few waiting for us. Okay. Hello, Eldon. Hey, how are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic.
13: How's it going? (laughs) Izzy. I see. I see. I see. The chat room's quite festive, and uh, you got a lot of callers in the queue, huh? Oh yeah. And uh, a lot of guests too. Yeah, definitely. Um, Well, my call is about two parts, and uh, the first part is to uh, speak with uh, Melissa, I believe it is and I have a new romance in my life, and I wanted to get her take on that. And the second part is for you to shuffle up the angel cards real good and pull me an angel card, if, you, if you're doing angel cards tonight. Uh,
5: actually, uh, we've got so many people waiting in line, I'm not going to do the angel cards uh, tonight. Okay,
13: all right. But so you well,
5: and I can talk, and we can do that in private. Okay, that's fine.
13: That's yeah. fine. Okay, so, Melissa, how are you?
10: I'm good. How are you?
13: I am doing fantastic. Uh, how's things? Uh, how's your week been?
1: It's good. It's been a little eventful, but it's it's good. Yeah. Y- yeah. I you... call
13: this the. Go ahead.
1: No, it's okay. Go ahead.
13: No, I call this the Wonder Week. So it's been an interesting week, needless to say. Oh. Yeah.
1: So what is uh, what's the name of the first name of your new romance? Gentaro. Uh, Gentero. Yes. Ah. Very very mystical name. Um, And so you're... Let's see. Let me... And this is a male or a female? Male. Male. Well, you're definitely in the early stages of love. There is a lot of infatuation going on here. Um... And that's fun. That's a very fun stage. Uh
13: huh.
1: Um, I would encourage. You know, I I think your tendency in in relationships, particularly early on, is a tendency that a lot of people have, which is to be very idealistic and to overlook all the faults. And that's that's what love does to us. I mean, chemically, it's it, you know that's what love. Does. Chemically, we give off. But, um, um, some sort of when we fall in love a chemical actually goes in through our brain and 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 we tend to um, feel kind of drunk when we're in love and we literally overlook everything so um, I would just I think what you're looking for though is something that's a little more long lasting
13: uh-huh. something
1: that's really more of a solid relationship so that you can be in a committed space with somebody and um first of all you know you want to remember nobody's perfect and so when you um reach this you know when the initial infatuation wears off there will be there will be faults there will be flaws there will be warts there will be you know skeletons in the closet and that's okay you know everybody has them and um I would question how Gentero, is, um, what his goals are in terms of whether he's really looking for a long-term relationship. So that's something mm-hmm. that y'all want to get clear from the beginning so that there's no broken hearts. And, okay. um And pay attention to your instincts. If he says that he is, I really want you to listen to your heart to to determine, you know, is this somebody who's really who really means what they say you know or is, or is he just really not prepared for it? Um, but I would question a little bit as to whether he's really looking for the long term as well uh-huh. so make sure you're going in with your eyes open and yeah. just and um, make and just realize this person is human just like you are and um, I want you to pay attention to your instincts, to your intuition as you are moving into this relationship and really honor what you sense about that other person, because I think you get a lot of information about people, but you tend to mm-hmm. discount it because you want what you want what you want.
7: Mm-hmm.
13: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I must say that you're in the ballpark, uh, if not exact, as far as what's going on, and uh, Goals have already been discussed as far as you know where we want to go and what we want from a relationship and whatnot. And uh, you know, it, it's from the start, it's it's looking pretty good.
1: That's good. Just yeah. um, keep those lines of communication open because I, my sense is that your long-range site has more depth than his long-range site. Yeah, And um, you just want to have your eyes open about that.
13: Right, right. And it's a lot of things.
1: Yeah, keep the conversation going.
13: Yeah, there's a lot of things I could uh, share with them and teach them and stuff like that, too. So Um, I think it would be a very, very good thing. Uh, But like you say, keep my eyes open. Yeah,
1: keep your eyes open and... And just be very aware of uh, of what you sense, sent, because I think you do right. get a lot of information, and you just want to make sure you don't discount that.
13: Right. Okay. I'll okay. definitely do that.
1: All right. Okay, thank you. You're okay, welcome. thank you. Blessings to you.
13: Okay, thank you. Right. Love and we'll light to, 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 to you. Love and light
5: to you, Eldon. We'll talk to you shortly. Okay, GP. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Eldon used to be my co-host with me, and now he has his own show, too. Oh,
1: that's nice.
5: Yeah, so he's on uh, usually um, 9 o'clock Eastern Time. Cool. So, and he's in the chat room under Manifesting Life. Beautiful. Let me go ahead and bring up another caller here. Eric, 321. You're on the air.
11: Oh, my gosh. Hello. This is Linda calling. Hi, Michael. Hi, Melissa. Hi, how are you? Yeah, thank you for taking my call. I'm fine. How are you guys doing?
5: Pretty good
11: okay well um you know what i I'd, uh, I'd like to hear you, both of you if you if you wanna uh if you both want to give me some insight on this my ex thirty years ago i you know usually I try to let my gut uh leave me, but i my gut's kind of like at a roadblock. I don't know. <laughs>
12: We just we
11: just email, <laughs> we just email that's it. Sorry. and he's married, so I gotta step aside i don't just, I don't want him you know it's oh God. your
1: guts at a roadblock <laughs> <laughs> it is
11: it's like I can't think i and I try to do it and it's like i i you know what I'm trying to do, I'm just trying to like whatever is the wills supposed to come to me, but that's a bunch of bulls sometimes because you know I keep on thinking of him I haven't stopped thinking of him for thirty years, and I know he hasn't
1: we We've always kept in touch some way, and uh <laughs> you I can't get past your guts at a roadblock. <laughs> that's, that's well you say i'm
11: pretty i'm pretty I'm a pretty organized person and i I try to manifest things i i i believe in positive thinking i mean no one can convince me otherwise when it comes to this, that stinking thinking comes in my head like ah, he'll never leave his wife and what I do is I just act like I'm his buddy i don't uh Because he's married, but I know he's not happy. And my gut says if he did leave her, I know for sure he would be right at my doorstep.
1: Yeah, but um, I don't think he's leaving.
11: What's his first name?
1: Larry. Larry. I don't think Larry's leaving. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't think Larry's leaving. I think Larry is a creature of comfort and uh and familiarity and um I know he gives a lot of the right signs, but I think he views it as the, as he would just it would just be too much trouble it would just too it would cause too much trouble to leave
11: you know what it, and I thought of that because his mother and his his parents. Uh, when we were married, they were constantly bickering, and it was it was just him and his sister. And I thought this must have been a life of hell. You know, they yeah. both they got comfortable, and they, and I think he he might do the same thing, stay with yeah. his wife, and yeah. rather than, uh, you know, say you take the coffee pot and I'll take the teapot, or you know, yeah. we'll stay together. We can keep them. You
1: know, <laughs> yeah, then, you know, yeah. it's it's interesting. When I first started doing readings for people, I would. I would look at a couple and somebody would ask me are these people going to stay together and I would look at oil and I would look at water and I would say gosh I don't know how they could possibly stay together but people do people will stay in miserable relationships for a long time because they're afraid to leave they're afraid that you know if they and and Larry's one of those people that you know he's afraid that if he leaves that you know maybe you won't be there for him or Um, He'll end up being alone for the rest of his life. And he's really looking for someone to take care of him, which really isn't what you're looking for. You know, you're uh, really not what you're looking for. So I look at how you feel about him, and I think you're being very idealistic about what he has to offer and what he can really commit to. And I think that just comes from being in a space where, you know, you're just very excited about um, wanting, uh, you know, wanting something beautiful, wanting something to work out, wanting a dream to come true, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I, and I think what you do pick up on him is a strong sense of attraction, and and that's great. But I just don't see that man leaving his life, and um, and Unless that's okay too. Him. I'm sorry. Yeah.
11: Unless she dumps him, unless she dumps him, <laughs> and, yeah. unless she dumps him, and then she, you know, the, the, you know, I don't know. I was just trying to bring humor because I, I shouldn't sure. act like that because it's really very, it's very tender to my heart. But if I uh, show my emotion, it's uh, sometimes it's too overwhelming. So, yeah, it's a, it's a this is a hard thing for me. I'm, I'm going through a a, a lot of a lot of stuff, but that's maybe mm-hmm. I do know, but I didn't want to face the reality because things creep in my mind and I did think I I thought you know he's getting up there in age and he's comfortable some people are more concerned about the material things where I'm just the opposite you know I want to be happy because life is short
1: right 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 I want to be with
11: the right person
1: yeah but you know what I would just where he's concerned I would just take a breath and read him accurately because I think that you can I think that you do and I think that um, I don't think you miss much when you read people. But when we, um, wh- you're one of those people that if somebody finds you attractive and you know, there's all that attraction energy coming your way, you get a little, you know, your head gets a little cloudy. <laughs> it's like, ooh, compliments and love. Yeah, that's energy. true. Yeah. And you're right,
11: Melissa, I love the way he loves me. I love, yeah. I love the way he, he would look at me, I would feel. His love and I would exactly. put thing back. I I loved that. I I yeah. loved it. You know, and I, so I guess at least I had it. You know, and so some people don't have it. So I'll move on. and Just do what yeah. I have to do. Melissa, do you see me getting a job? I should be focused on a job, not romance. I mean, that shows my priorities. <laughs> You know. Well,
1: let me let me let me stick with the relationship for just another quick second okay. because there was something else I wanted to mention. I think that when you when you find someone that is giving you the kind of attention that you want, it's a good indication of what you're missing in your life. And um, too often, uh, women in particular tend to feel that if they're going to get that kind of joy, that kind of connection, that that love energy that they want, they expect it to come from somebody else. And so they're out there searching for um, Mr. Right, um, which usually turns out to be Mr. Right now or um, soon to be you know, the future Mr. X. So you want to pay attention to what it is that you need to give yourself so that you can feel that way all the time. Because what he's giving you is more of of you having an experience of you. You know what I mean? Um, it's pretty deep, but
11: I'm gonna to listen to the archives that I'm, I'm I'm grasping it. It's it's like, uh, he's giving me what uh, what I I'm not aware that I need is what you're trying to say. If I'm aware of that I can probably give it to myself. Is that what yeah, you're telling
1: it's me? Basic, yeah. yes, exactly. So you you don't really have to um court disaster in order to get what you what you think you need because it's having it from somebody else is going to be short-lived anyway so um, connect with 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 that kind of excitement with that kind of um, being in love with yourself having that experience of you doing things that you love honoring you um, and you don't necessarily have to have somebody else in your life to do that with definitely go for somebody who's a little more available that'll be (laughs) Um I hope I don't look needy cuz I
11: hate when I see chicks like that, you know, they're just like clingy and I'm like, "Oh my god, get a life." I hope I don't do that.
1: Maybe yeah, I am and I, I
11: don't even realize it. Oh gosh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, I oh. I just think that, you know, that's an easy uh area of confusion for a lot of people when somebody finally shows up and gives you a lot of attention and you know, it's not so much it's it's not so much an issue of need, it's more about Wow, look what I was missing. I didn't realize I was so starved for this. I mean, have you ever gone through the day and you forget to eat lunch? And then 4 o'clock rolls around, 5 o'clock rolls around, you're like, gosh, what, what am I missing? What am I missing? And then you sit down and you have a meal and you're like, oh, my gosh, I was starving. I didn't even realize it. So, you know, let it, let it be sort of an awakening to you of what you've been missing in your life, not necessarily that this is Mr. Perfect that make sense
11: yes you know what and I have thought of that I thought do I just want him because I'm comfortable and um and I haven't uh I've been married and divorced twice he was my first and of course I had other people on the way and then I just stopped for a while because I had people in my family sick and of course I felt that was my calling to help so now I sound like I'm trying to be funny but they're all dead but one so I kind of I'm starting to live my life all over again. So I'm wondering if if it's comf- a comfort zone to go back to go down memory lane because that's where I find myself sometimes. Because it's it's sad to me that I lost everybody. So yeah. of course I want to go back to yesterday.
1: Yeah.
11: And I feel like I didn't lose so much if I have the memories. You know what I mean?
6: Sure. And that's why. Yeah.
11: I, so I'm wondering if I'm doing. I'm a real analytical person. I'm a Virgo. What can I say? You know, that's my nature. And but uh, and I'm also a real passionate person. So
7: uh,
11: <laughs> all right. Oh, so maybe it got my gut unstuck. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, let's see. You Tell know, if I'm going to get a job. I mean, I shouldn't even be thinking about romance. I should be thinking about a job. That tells you where my priorities are.
7: Yeah,
1: Just focus on getting... a job. Focus on a job. Focus on making yourself happy and and getting clear on what it is that that makes you happy in life. Did you say you were in healthcare?
11: No, no. I I I, I thought of it and I took the entrance exam, the nurse's entrance exam, and um, I didn't pass. Oh, okay. But I, that was just to get into school to study to be a nurse, but it would have helped. I spent the whole night in ER, came home, showered, and then I went and took the four-hour test, and then okay. I wondered why I didn't pass. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. Okay, so what field are you in? Uh, Well, I wanted
11: to go into the nursing. I was in uh, communications.
1: Oh, so you still want to go into nursing.
11: I don't. You know what? I think now. Uh, I thought that maybe it was a blessing that I didn't pass it at the time. I was devastated. I, I I know I would like to work with hospice. Okay. But, uh, yeah. but also the the spiritual end because I just took a class the other day, and the nurse there had to be politically correct. She couldn't talk about God. She couldn't really say meditation. They would say relax,
9: and they yeah. were. It was
11: kind of funny how they would say. Uh, right here above your eye, focus here. And I'm laughing to myself, you know. I'm like, this is your third eye. They're trying to open up, you know. It was real funny. So I talked to her after the class. um, She explained to me what she was trying to do, but she had to be real careful. See, with hospice, you don't have to. Most of the people, because I've I've worked with hospice with my mom. So I I don't Uh, know what capacity, but that's what I want to do, Melissa.
1: Well, I keep getting health care for you. Um, That's that's really where I think you... um, you can be of most service and where you'll be happiest. Um but take a little time to 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 really tune into what makes you happy career-wise. There's lots of books out there that can help you with that, but you don't um because you you tend to be a little bit scattered with your with your desires and your intent. You mm-hmm. want to make sure that you just you just you Take a little time for yourself to get clear on what makes you happy and because you don't want to get into a great nurse's job and spend all your time at the nurse's station going, oh, I don't know, maybe I should have done hospice or maybe I should have done this or I should have done that. You know, because that, that ends up taking a lot of your energy and that's a, um, that's a real energetic pitfall for you. You know, that ends up keeping you sort of swimming in the same pond for too long. So, you know, swimming in circles. So... Um, Make sure that you, you, you take some time to really tune in to what it is that makes you happy. This morning on, on my own radio show, um, my own blog talk radio show, we were talking about something that um, we had seen on Oprah.com. She gives this list of, I don't even know, some consultant was on their website and said you should make a list of things that make you feel energized, things that make you feel satisfied, and things that make you feel exhausted. And um, and so maybe that exercise is something that would help you. But definitely take time to tune in to figure out what makes you happy and what you, what you like to do. And you don't have to do it in all one sitting. You know, the information might come forward over the period of seven days. But write it down, get clear on it so that when you step into that nursing job or you step into that hospice position that you're clear that this is where you're meant to be and this is where you're going to focus your energy, and this is how you're going to be of service. And then that will bring so much more back to you. Because when you're in a state of flux, and I don't know, and you can't really commit, it, it robs you of the satisfaction of the experience of the job. And you want to be there, you know, all heart and soul.
11: I'd rather than wondering how it would be at the other end uh, doing yeah. something else. I understand totally, very wise what you're telling me. I do yeah. understand what you're saying.
9: But right now I am
11: scattered, just... So, you know, and I'm aware of that my uh, brother that I've, that's physically challenged, uh, 53 years old, I've always was hoping he would get into a relationship, at least experience it, but Mm -hmm. not the kind that he's in the, um, let's just put it this way, it's the first person I've ever been around where I actually have to hold my solar plex. That's how how evil she is. Mm -hmm. And uh, she convinced him to move out for material reasons, and he moved, but the way he moved out, he had to leave angry, and it because I was like his legs for him. I was, you know, he was not only my brother; I was his best friend. Everything, and we went through so much together. And this lady just like snatched him, And I understand where he's coming from because he's never experienced what the average person experiences. So I'm just like I'm like lost. It's like all these years of giving him, you know, care. And it was not even a thank you, a hug, nothing. And I'm a real affectionate person. I used to always tell them I love them and stuff like that. So like right now my energy's scattered all over. And I'm thinking about Larry. I'm thinking about school. I'm thinking about my health. I'm thinking about my brother. And I'm thinking about wanting to choke her, you know. Yeah. So,
1: um, well, just take, make sure you have plenty of meditation time. And, yeah. you know, if you don't... Um, uh, if you don't journal, just doing a little bit of journaling right now would really help. It would help to get things clear for you. and you want to you, you want to have the intent you want to have the goal to to get things sorted to get things in in proper alignment and have an intent for each of these areas of your life that are in flux right now. What kind of job you'd like to have, get a crystal clear vision of it, the kind of money that you'd like to be making, how you want to feel on that job, how you want to um, you know what sort of experiences do you want to have? How do you want to operate? and then, for you know these other areas, just be very clear about what it is that you're wanting so that when you do journal when you do meditate that um, you know once you determine your direction, once you commit, you can get a lot of inspiration and information that will help you to get to where you want to be. but if it's just this um, you know running in circles kind of a frustration it's very difficult to to hear guidance, it's very difficult to hear inspiration. So be very clear with your intent in those areas.
11: Well, not only that hear happens. it, Melissa, yes, hear it and appreciate it and absorb it. And that's what, you know, that's what it's all about. It's, it's That's why it's guidance. But, gosh, I thank you so very much. Michael, very uh, is, 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 do you, does he know when I'm going to get a job? Does he, did anything pop in your head, Michael? I think we lost him again. No, oh, I'm no. still here. Oh, there you okay. no. <laughs> I hope I, I hope I'm not that boring, Michael.
5: Oh, no, you're not there. I'm just enjoying um, the readings that are going on, too, and I'm getting a whole bunch of private messages when everyone's wondering when Melissa's going to be back and all. And oh, that's nice. So uh, I'm not getting any specific dates for you for job-wise.
1: Okay. All righty. Well, thank you, both of you. I appreciate set, it. Set your intent, Linda. Set your I intent. Will. And that will help speed things up for you, Okay. Okay, thank yeah. you so much, Melissa. Good You're
5: night. Welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I tell okay. everyone, too, to always try to keep a positive outlook, too. And, and even though when things seem really down, I just realize that things are only going to get better.
1: Exactly, yeah. You know, we were actually just discussing that on my show this morning and talking about how you know, when everything's falling apart, if, if the only thing you can do is to begin to think about how you want things to be, that's an important first step you know, because then at least you're operating from a place of hope and, and beginning to move towards a place of faith. And people just don't realize, we all forget, particularly when things are sort of turned upside down, how much power we have in our lives, how much power is within us to affect the outcomes of our lives, to affect, um, to create the sort of things in our lives that we want. But, you know, Intent is really powerful. Crystal-clear focus is really powerful. Um, nurturing those, those desires, those beliefs, with the, the proper kind of energy is really powerful. And people tend to lose faith before things manifest, and I, I find that so heartbreaking. You know, When I was a little girl, I used to garden a lot with my dad, and one of the things we used to do is plant carrots. And Daddy would always tell me, don't pull that up yet. You know, it's so tempting as a little kid. You want to grab those long green ears and pull it up and see what's there. He'd say, don't pull that up yet, because once you pull it up, you can't put it back down. And it, it it's always stuck with me as a correlation to creating. You don't want to keep, you know, you don't want to plant your intent, plant those seeds of intent, and then keep asking, well, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? You know, which is sort of the equivalent of pulling the carrot out of the ground before it's ready. You want to stay with that intent and that belief, and you want to keep nurturing those seeds in positive ways, um, because it will come to pass. It will.
5: Yeah, you just gotta wait, and um, it's like that old saying: it's like, um, you know, watching the water, trying to watch the water boil. Yes. That's it's right. never gonna boil if you keep on watching for it.
7: That's right.
5: So you just gotta let it do its thing, and and let you know, let the process take place, and then you'll be surprised at what's gonna what's going to happen when it manifests
1: yeah you have to let the process take place i have a friend and she has a little girl and they were trying to teach her you know she was like five and they were trying to teach her some manners you know and patience and so forth and and so she i don't know what her brother was holding something that she wanted and and she said give me that and her mother turned around gave her the eyeball and she said okay please may i have it And her brother said no, and so she sat there for a minute, and then she looked over and she said, okay, I said please, now give it to me. And (laughs) her her mom was telling me the story, and I thought that was so hysterical because I think we all do that. You know, it's like, okay, I've done all the right things, now where is it? You know, I've said please, now give it to me. And we forget that it's not about somebody else handing us what what we want. It's about us taking responsibility for what we want to create in our lives and taking the proper steps to bring that about.
5: Yeah, because we, we always get very impatient.
1: Yes, it's very easy to do.
5: Go ahead and take a few more callers here. Okay. If you need to take a break, just let me know. We'll we'll take a break.
1: No, I'm doing great. Thanks.
5: Okay. Hello, you're on the air. Hello? Hello.
12: Hi, this is Julie.
5: How Hi, are Julie. you guys doing?
12: You're doing great. How are you? I'm good, Melissa. I love your voice. You have a great voice. It's very soothing. Um, I have a question, and and I don't want relationship advice, okay, Okay. because I met my soulmate, and I'm very happy, but lately, this whole month, we've been getting our butts kicked like crazy, and all kinds of changes have been going on, and um, right now, we're kind of Working on a book, and I was wondering if you could give us some advice on that, and what direction we should go with that. We were talking about maybe trying to get a book advance, but do you think maybe we should write the book first, or what do what's you your think? partner's name? Stephen Rabel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Stephen, get do over now. here and say hi. Get over here and say hi. Come here, Stephen. Don't be shy. You've been on the radio before. Come here.
5: He was doing all the talking in the chat room.
12: (laughs) Yeah, I know. He was talking in the chat room. Come here. Say hi to Melissa. Don't be shy. Put it on speaker. Hold on.
1: There we go. (laughs)
9: Can
1: you guys hear me? Yes. Hi, Stephen. How are you?
9: Hi, Melissa. How are you? We're sitting here enjoying the show. I'm so glad. It's
1: nice to have you here.
9: You know, I wasn't ready. I didn't have my radio show voice on. I was, uh, I was getting Julie to call in and uh, see what she picked up on the uh, the book. It's been a very interesting month, to say the least, and I forgot that we were in Mercury retrograde, so that yeah. would explain a little bit. But, um, yeah, there's been a lot of changes going on, um, and uh, which is all starting, everything's starting to smooth out, and it, it makes a lot of sense and why we had to go through what we had to go through. But... We have this idea about writing a book,
8: um, and I would love to hear your perspective on on what you pick up with that.
1: Well, I think y'all should definitely write the book. I think that a lot of people would really enjoy it and appreciate it. Um, Here's here's what I would caution you against. Um, um, The world of book marketing is very strange, and um, everybody who has an idea for a book thinks that, as soon as they write it, it's going to be an instant bestseller. And, and it may be. It may be. Um, but even Dan Brown was selling books out of his trunk at one point. So, um, you, you know, you, you have to realize it's, it's a, sort of a screwed up system. So I would love to see you write the book. And, um, and then I want you to maintain hope in your dream of seeing that book getting as popular as you want it to, okay? And I think there'll be a process, a, you know, a longer process than you might anticipate in terms of getting that book and subsequent books where you'd like for them, where you'd like for them to, to go. Books are, books are funny. Books end up circling the globe in ways that you never anticipated, and, but they do it in their own time. When I was writing All You've Ever Known, um, because I had had such a, a successful career in corporate America, I thought, okay, I'm going to sit down at 8. I will have this done by probably 8 o'clock that night. I'll get it reviewed the next day. <laughs> you know, I thought, I have a schedule. I'm going to knock it out. Writing is, is um, it's different. It's a little bit different. And, and although I think you have a really creative mind, and I think Julie has uh, beautiful talent for organization and uh, logical process, and I think it's a good partnership. Um, you just have to, ha- you have to have some patience with that creative process. And books are like babies. They, they choose to be born in their own time. And you have, to, you have to nurture the baby. You have to allow the baby to grow. You have to give it the things that it needs in order to, for it to get big and strong. So write the book, but don't lose faith in your dream once it's printed, okay? Because that's just the beginning.
12: Melissa, what do you do about the Mercury retrograde thing? Is there anything that you can... <laughs> right, that's, I'm just learning about this. Is there, I mean, light some sage or what? I
14: mean,
1: yeah. it's not Wouldn't that be great if there was a pill to pop or something and, yeah. you know, yeah, something you could spray, you know, Mercury retrograde be gone or something. Um, you know, Mercury retrograde is really a perfect time to go within and to stop pushing ahead so hard, um, hmm. y- you you want to, um, as my grandfather used to say, make hay when the sun shines, which is, which is you know is an old saying that alludes to the idea of proper timing. And so n- there is a natural ebb and flow to life. You know, sometimes the tide is in, sometimes the tide is out, and when the tide is out, that's not the time to fish. And you know, when the tide is in, that's when you want to go fishing. So you need to pay attention to the, to the energies that are around you and the way that they function and not try to force it to go the way you want it to go just because you're ready now or you think that you're ready now. You have to have a sense of universal timing and pay attention to the cues and the clues that are going on around you, not just astrologically, but, but you know, also just uh, you know, in the flow of process and, and projects. When you're ready to drive something forward, but it's falling apart, that's not the time to force it. You know, you want take a take a step back. You know, Mercury retrograde is all about the time when you when you go within and um, you begin to um, look for those reasons why. You begin to study. You begin to um, look inwardly for answers. When um, when Mercury goes direct and Jupiter is more in the forefront, that's the time when you really want to take off with guns a-blazing. Um, so you, you have to pay attention to where the energies are and honor that, because if you, if you try to force it when it's not working with you, you're a fish trying to swim upstream, you're going to end up working three times as hard as you need to.
12: Wow, that message was so for me. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> Why
12: didn't you tell me just to chill
9: out this
1: month. <laughs> <laughs> I could have saved myself a whole lot of time by just saying
9: that. <laughs> hey, Melissa, where can we where can we get your book at?
1: It is sold wherever metaphysical books are sold. Um, so a lot of independent metaphysical bookstores carry it. It's also at Barnes and Noble. It's at Amazon. It's on both of my websites, which is theirwayhome.com dot com and known dot com. We're getting it onto Smashwords, so if you like to read it on um, Kindle, you'll soon be able to download it onto Kindle, either at Amazon or or at Smashwords, or if you have another type of reader, Smashwords. You can um, you can download it there onto whatever reader you have. And I just found out today that Borders is picking it up, picking them both up. So that's kind of exciting. Um, right. Wherever you wherever you go, if you if they don't have it exactly where you want it, just tell them to order it. They can order it for you.
12: Awesome. Well, Thank you so much, Melissa. We really appreciate
1: your You're time. welcome. My pleasure. Well,
5: tune back in, too, because she'll be with us again October 26th.
1: Yes, I'm looking forward to it.
5: Yeah, so she'll be with us again. So I, when I booked her, I said, no, I want her t- I want her twice, once in September, once in October.
1: Oh, that's nice.
5: Yeah, and hopefully we'll be able to get you here regularly, too.
1: I would love that.
5: Well, we still have them on, um, okay, because I saw your private message. Um, we're actually going to do a little contest here and see if we've got somebody on the air with us. I just celebrated, um, nope, they hung up. Okay, oh. the, first, the first ones who call in, you know, when we take the callers. Now, anybody else listening in the chat room, no cheating by answering the questions. What two events did I just celebrate within the past week? The first person that we, when we've taken callers that can answer that question will receive Melissa's book for free. So with that, we'll go ahead and take the next we caller.
1: Need, Michael, you need Jeopardy music.
5: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I Because when uh, when Abigail told me about that and about the contest doing that, I said, oh, I've got the perfect perfect way to do the contest for the first time. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, area, two, area code 520, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, how are you?
10: You know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing lovely, thank you. How are you, Michael? Good. Unfortunately, I only started listening today, so I couldn't tell you what you celebrated in the last week.
9: Okay, Uh-oh. five
10: Five years on the air on your birthday, that's just a shot in the dark. <laughs>
5: close.
10: Really? It was a close? But not close
5: <laughs> enough, not close enough, though.
10: Okay, well, I, I, you know what, like I said, I just... I just stumbled upon this, so, you know, hey, I had to try. Yeah, but. well, welcome. Okay. Thank you. Um, Melissa, how are you doing? Well? I'm I'm good. How are you? I'm doing, you know what? I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, I'm going to give you the um, the proverbial love life question. Okay. I, what's your I first name? Stayed, um, my first name is Catherine. On the board, I'm Gabby Griffin. Okay. All right. Okay. And I... Stayed in um, a, a loveless marriage longer than I had to because I have two kids and they're both disabled, and I didn't want to get out of the marriage because I thought how hard it would be to find somebody with. Oh gosh, God don't strike me down right now, but you know the extra baggage that I have is a little bit more than most people. Okay. Also, I hate re- I don't re- I don't really refer to my children as baggage, but it would be a little bit more difficult, but. I've been in two relationships since. One of them was fantastic. It ended because he had to move away. And the other one, I nearly married him. And you know what? That little voice inside said, don't settle for what you're worth more.
7: Mm.
10: You know, he wasn't a good, it, it was not a good, um, it wasn't a good match.
7: Yeah, but I am more than
10: ready for and I'm, I'm more than ready for somebody who is a good match. So either of you, if you can throw something in, I would love to hear something encouraging.
1: Sure. Um, yeah, I, I think so. I think uh, there's definitely somebody coming. And you know what I feel that, um, I, and I think you can probably sense this too, there's like an energy of waiting. Mm-hmm. Like there's this... Um, um, <laughs> You don't feel the energy of them coming. You feel this. It's like they're waiting on something. And what I feel that they're waiting on is for, um, gosh, they're waiting for you to do something. What are they waiting for you to do? Um, You know, I'm getting the words deliberate intent. I'm not sure what that means. But they're, um, I think they're waiting for you to get clear about specifically what it is that you want. Um, I think that you have a, way, uh, a tendency when somebody comes in to decide then, it, it's almost like going to Baskin-Robbins and saying, well, let me try this, and let me try that, and, well, let me try a little bit of this one, and you know, you're know, you getting these taste of all these different flavors, and mm-hmm. what they're wanting you to do ahead of time is decide what you want, decide what makes you happy, so that when this person walks in the door you go oh it's you perfect <laughs> just what i ordered you know what i'm saying you know what's really interesting
10: is um the the last relationship that i was in that lasted it was about uh two years or so mm-hmm. and <clears throat> i had a girlfriend that told me to sit down and write down every last little characteristic you can imagine about this person that you want. Uh-huh. And so I did. And I wrote everything down. Um yeah, I wrote <laughs> everything down and to my amazement the person who came into my life and it didn't take very long um was was everything that I wanted. However, the the few key things that I forgot to, to write in there was mentally stable and, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I realized, oh, well, shoot, maybe I should have wrote that I really wasn't wanting somebody with a borderline personality disorder and bipolar, and so I'll include that one in there next time, you know, but I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> should I try this again and get even
1: more specific? Yeah, and you know, it's it it can be kind of an evolving thing. I mean, something I hear a lot of times from women is that they, they've they forget to say things like, uh, uh, you know, oh, I forgot to ask for somebody who had a strong sense of spirituality or somebody who had a really wide sense of tolerance or, mm-hmm. you know, things that they think would be the indoor plumbing of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you have to, um, you do have to be specific, very specific. Um but I think sometimes when people inadvertently, I put that in quotes, inadvertently leave things off their list, um, it's almost things that they're not sure they have the right to ask for. And I don't mean that in terms of mental stability. But I mean, you know, uh, financial well-being. Um, mm-hmm. Some women will get into a relationship with someone and they'll say, well, wow, he has everything on my list except he has $300,000 of credit card debt.
11: Uh-huh. That's not okay, you
1: know. Right. Um, so you've spent so much of your life taking care of other people and being the one in the room who has to be the strong one, who has to have her head on her shoulders. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that this time you're requesting someone who is self-sufficient emotionally, financially, um, physically. spiritually. Yeah, someone that has their own spiritual compass, their own mental compass. Everything is, is moving forward. So when I say, you know, let's design the ideal relationship, you want to make sure that you're also moving beyond a type of pattern that you're really ready to move beyond, you know. So um, this gentleman that was, that was mentally unstable or or Mm -hmm. had his personality disorder turned Uh, out to be yet another person that you were going to have to make decisions for and and take care of oh yes you see so you want to make sure that you are moving beyond that that pattern where you feel like okay if i have somebody you know if i'm going to have yet another person in my life let's switch up that paradigm, let's switch up that stereotype and let's entertain an entirely new dynamic. Because you know, the things like, you know, blue eyes and brown hair or whatever it is, you know, all this stuff. Um, that's I mean, that's great and that's fine, but those aren't the really important things. Right. So I don't care make, about that kind of stuff. Yeah, make sure the important yeah. things Come to the forefront of your mind and to, when you're when you're thinking about this person and and let's find someone that allows you um, the respect and the freedom for you to live your own life without asking you to um, be pigeonholed or to or to take care of them in any way, shape or form, except for in the ways that you enjoy right you know nurturing. Nurturing is entirely different from um, dependency or, um, you know, you're a woman, therefore I expect you to, you know, fill in the blank. So um, anyway, that's a, that's a wonderful pattern that you have the opportunity now to alleviate yourself from and, and spread those wings and fly uh, in an entirely new way. So chart that path with this next endeavor.
10: Do you see anything, Michael? Uh,
1: nothing
5: else to add on there, other than when you're writing down for what you want in a relationship.
10: Mm-hmm. Uh
5: huh. One of the top things to always put down there is true love.
10: True love.
5: Because you want you want to bring in your one true love into your life.
10: That's beautiful. That's a good thing. I'm writing. I'm jotting down lots of little notes. Okay, yes. That's a good one to jot down. Because you have to be specific.
5: Because, so. I mean, you can get someone that's going to be infatuated with you or, you know, just, you know, like you. But you want mm-hmm. someone who's going to truly be in love with you. Who's right. going to accept you for who you are. And that's what true love is. Someone who's going to love you unconditionally. Beautifully and that's what we're all looking for in our lives is that one true love. Or even write down, you know, you're looking for your soulmate. You know, be okay. as specific as you can. You know, but definitely include either your soulmate or, one, you know, your true love.
10: Very important. Okay. Well, thank you for your time, and thank you for accepting the call. I appreciate it.
5: You're very welcome, and thank you for tuning okay. in. We'll talk to you again shortly.
1: Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. You know, that's really good advice for um, people who are still in relationships. And, you know, I, I was... Uh, you know, it's uh, when people are looking for someone to come into their life, they can get very specific about designing exactly what they want, and then they get into a relationship and they totally let go of it. And I think once you, even when you're in a relationship, you still have to stay close to the things that you want. You still have to stay close to those dreams. And it's interesting how when you're in a relationship, whether it's chaotic or whether it's whatever, when you begin to reconnect with those desires and you're true to what it is that you want as opposed to um, catering to what the other person is doing or or constantly trying to work out problems, then that relationship begins to take on new life.
5: That's amazing, too, what what can happen. Yeah. So no one's had the answers yet.
4: Interesting.
5: It's like, do, 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 do. Somebody was trying to give away the answers in the chat room, and it's like, shh, don't give out the answers. That's not right. fair.
1: <laughs> you really need Jeopardy music.
5: Yeah, I know. <laughs> code 410. You're on the air.
15: Hi, Melissa. Hi, GP. How are you? Not too good. Um, I need some insight because my cousin passed away this morning. We out this morning. She was murdered, and um, I don't know exactly what happened. We all trying to figure out what happened. Do they have a feeling that the ex boyfriend did it, or that, or the baby father of one of her child did it? But we don't know what happened when she was in the house alone. And I and I want to know if there's any messages coming from her to me or anyone else in my family that I can relay. What's your cousin's name? Chantel. Oh, I'm sorry, my name is Crawford
1: Your name is Crawford Her name is Chantel Yes You know, all I'm getting, Michael, is that she's still here on the earth plane And and uh, she's still trying to figure out what's happening um, This is obviously a real shock I do feel like this is someone that she knew um, I do feel like this is uh, something that she sort of expected That she, she sort of saw coming and uh, she's wishing she had paid attention to that. Um, I can t- I can tell you that much. This is definitely someone that she knew. And does
15: have a person in custody? And he's telling the police that he didn't do, any- do it.
5: Did he What's have the- um, like um, I guess the best way to explain is corn rolls. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he did it.
15: He and they'll, they'll get the proof of it. He has cornrows, a short. Um, he's an older gentleman, near fifty years old.
5: Yeah.
15: What's I his just name? Got a
5: quick glimpse.
1: Um, his name is Terry. Terry's the one that they have in custody. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's very guilty.
15: Yeah. Um, and so she
1: hasn't crossed over yet. No, she hasn't. She's still here. That's very common. People usually wait. You know, she's um, she's still very stunned because this um, this murder was very, very sudden, very, very sudden, very tragic. So, um, yeah, she's still she's still kind of figuring things out. She's still here, and it's very common for people to stay here until after their funeral. So it's not as if she's here inappropriately, you know this is it's perfectly normal for people to stay here up until their funeral and then they usually cross over shortly after that.
15: Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I feel now, that he's very guilty.
15: Now here's my question. Did he attack her from behind? Because yes. mm-hmm. we from what we're getting or what I was told at the hospital, there was no screaming, no yelling in the house when she went in and she was in for almost five minutes. And she, she never, never came, came she back never
1: it. saw it coming. She never saw it coming.
5: Yeah, no, it was real quick. He just surprised her.
1: Yeah.
15: Well, I know I'm asking a lot of questions because um, I want to know what happened, and the police are, police not telling my side of the family. They more, more working with the immediate family, and um, we was told it was multiple stabs, but. We don't know where. I don't know where. And I'm getting a feeling that it was more she was stabbed from behind and it was an upper motion.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, She. you know, um, I almost get the feeling that he was behind the door when she came in the door because she never, she had absolutely no sense of anyone else being in the house. And um, boom, he's behind her. And um, I'm getting lots of stabs to the upper back area. Um, but it was uh she never saw it coming. And as Michael said, it was very quick. It's not like she she really suffered.
5: Yeah, and she'll be able to communicate more um in time. She's still adjusting to everything that's going on and, and right. like, Oh, I don't believe I'm here.
15: Exactly. Like every, everyone right now in my family is shocked because when I didn't when made it so bad was the day before which was Thursday. I was feeling nauseous. My whole, I, like, I would eat, and it, I had, like, a bad taste in my mouth, and my stomach was flipping. And then Friday, we out in the morning of today, going into later on this morning, I, um, I didn't go, I didn't get the chance to go to bed. As soon as my stomach started calming down, and I hit my head on the pillow, that's when the phone rang with the hospital saying she was dead. Mm. And, um. My mother and a couple of people at the hospital were saying that it was, a, it was a warning that something was wrong and you felt it coming, but you didn't know what, because me and her was really close. It was a nine-year difference. She taught me how to walk as a child. So I'm completely stunned. And yeah. I was supposed to, I didn't go to school today because of it. I didn't, I, 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 I felt to help out with my student council, um, participation on Sunday because of it, and, like, a lot of my friends are shocked that I'm not in school because usually I'm in school every day, no matter what it is, and um, I don't even know how I'm going to be able to react in school on Monday, and that's another thing I wanted to get an insight on that, like, is it going to be a whole lot of issues? You know, you know, am I going to be able to respond correctly to class, um, or should I just stay home?
1: no i I you know in time there's no there's no magic pill for grief. you know grief is a process right. he, healing grief is a process there's There's no way to magically get through it or get over it. you, you know you, you take it one day at a time and um the the thing that I think is really important right now is to release release the guilt and release the idea that you should have known more than you did um, and that you should have been able to prevent it in some way because um, she certainly doesn't feel that you should have, and, and, and truly you, you, weren't, you could not have prevented it. So um, let, let that go, and that will help your, your grief a great deal. And, and also I find that the number one thing that helps people um, manage their grief or, or heal their grief is to remember that your loved ones are still alive, um, Chantal is still alive she's she's no longer in that body but she's still very definitely alive and if you can honor that fact then you'll find that that your grief becomes less and less more quickly than, than someone who still believes in the illusion of death it's one of the reasons that I wrote Their Way Home is because I really want people to begin to understand what happens after you die and begin to release those those fearful beliefs about death. So, um, people who have lost loved ones, particularly tragically, truly, the way that you heal that and the way you can function more effectively in life, more easily, is to continue, just continue to um, hang on to that truth that she is still alive. Okay, and mm-hmm. she is, she is fine. And he's 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 not going to get away with this. You don't need to worry about that.
15: Oh, I mean, I know that, but now it's like everyone knows because they they caught him I think around five o'clock this afternoon and um with well, this evening and um now there's a huge worry of where he's going to be located because I have a cousin that's in prison right now and he I don't know if he found out that his sister has gone yet. So right now everyone is. Worried he might do something rash behind bars, uh, so right now we're like horribly terrified that he doesn't do anything stupid. Yeah. What's his name? Um, Christopher.
1: Well, I can definitely see him acting out, but um, um I you know I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be concerned about that. I'd, um, I just I wouldn't be concerned about that. Okay.
7: Good
1: time. Yeah. Just take it one day at a time. Don't worry too much about the future. Don't plan it out too far ahead right now. Just, just take it one day at a time, and you'll be able to feel her presence more strongly, as Michael said, as time goes by, because right now she's still she's still just very shocked that she is where she is. And, and, you know, people who die, who leave their bodies very quickly, very suddenly, very unexpectedly, and it's very normal. And um, their strength, you know, strength of spirit begins to come back um, pretty quickly. You know, tomorrow will be, um, she'll be even stronger, and the day after that she'll be even stronger. And just begin to pay attention to, she's going to spend a lot of time around you, a lot of time around your family, and just begin to take notice of the, the different signs, um, the different ways that she makes her presence known, because she's going to have a very sincere effort uh, for wanting y'all to know that she's there. She wants to bring comfort to your experience.
15: Okay, um, GP. I mean, yeah. Do you see, see any? Have anything else to say? Uh,
5: just hang in there, dear. It's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, and she'll come through in, in time to uh, give you more messages. Right now, she's just like, you know, just relax and don't worry about anything. Just be there for the family.
15: Yeah.
5: And don't worry about what the police aren't telling you. The family will let you know what you need to know.
15: Okay. All right. Thank you.
5: You're welcome, You're dear. Welcome. We'll talk to you shortly. All right. Bye. Bye. Yeah, it's always a hard thing when someone someone gets yeah. murdered.
1: That is hard. There's so many emotions come up, so many. It's very hard. But, I, you know, it's interesting to look at, I've interacted with so many ghosts, uh, meeting you know, earthbound spirits, and and I think Chantel's doing really well. You know, I don't think she'll have any difficulty crossing over, and um, it's just it's interesting to see how people adjust when they leave their bodies. Some people do it more easily than others, and she definitely has a lot of grace about about the way she's handling this, and I think she'll transition very easily.
5: Yeah, because I'm getting almost like she's seeing light, and she's like, no, I'm not ready yet. I've got to do some things first.
1: Exactly, exactly. She wants to check
5: on some people, and she's like, nope, not yet. And right. I'm like, all
1: right, well, you know, we're
5: here. Right. <laughs> you know, we're waiting, you know, just let us know, you know. We'll help That's you. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Go ahead and take another caller here. Okay. Erico eight three one, you're on the air.
2: Hi, this is Christina.
5: Hi. Hi, Christina. Thank you for
2: taking my call.
5: You're welcome. Thank you for calling.
2: Um, I was wondering, um, if you think I will be able to um locate a person who um saved my life when I was a little girl.
4: Uh, Yeah, I think so. Yes.
2: I um, stumbled upon the site. It it, it happened at a camp, and I'm shocked that the camp is still around. (laughs) And I'm hoping it's the same owner at least they can help me track him down because I had an amazing near-death experience at the age of 12.
1: Is this a drowning or a near-drowning?
2: Yes, yes.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think you'll be able to find this person. Um, You're going to need some help to do it, though. um, Well,
2: I've been approached to be a part of a documentary and a television program that specifically is about near-death experiences, and I was thinking of giving... The information that I have, I have a group photo as well as a phone number of the place. Do you think that person will definitely. be able to help me?
1: Definitely, okay. definitely, definitely, yes, do that. Definitely. Yeah, because I'm seeing a lot of resources coming into play to to locate this person. So
2: I have questions. I, I know there were two people that worked on me. Uh-huh. And um, I have no idea how long I was at the bottom of the pool before anyone found me. And Mm -hmm. I know that the owner was one of the people who was working on me. Because I remember when I was back in my body, I could hear the words, we're losing her. And that was after I'd already been through an incredible experience. And I was shocked. You know, I I knew there were two people. So I just, you know, I never, they never took me to the hospital. Um, I don't know what happened. And I just... I have a lot of questions. It's a Christian (laughs) camp, too, a Christian Bible camp
7: Uh, back in the
2: 70s. So I'm just in shock that I just found the site, and I've been thinking about putting this all together, and it's just something I've had an experience that happened over 30 years ago, and I just want to find out. So thank you.
1: Yes, you're welcome. Uh, One of these people is a male?
2: Yes. Yeah, I feel like you're going to find him most easily. Well, um, this all work out with the whole TV documentary thing with cuz he's tied into it.
1: Yeah, I I think so. Um I I would just I would just caution you to to decide ahead of time how much you uh, are comfortable sharing about your experience and um know, yeah, there's sort of a there's sort of a weird thing that happens when you begin to put your story out there in a real public way. And um, some people react to it positive ways, some people react to it negative ways, and some people try to exploit it. And so I think this is a a deeply spiritual experience for you. I feel that it's very sacred to you. And so you want to um, just be aware that when you submit to a documentary or a media-type vehicle that, you know, they have a different perspective on it. And that's okay. You know, know, as long as you're aware (coughs) of what everybody's intentions are. So yeah. just, be, just be clear about that as you're walking into it so that you're not, um, so, you know, just so you're unclear about what everybody's intentions are.
2: Yeah, we're in the beginning talks, and I know that somewhere down the line, for my own protection, I want, you know, I'll have an attorney because I don't yeah. want to sign away my rights to share my own experience or, like you said, to be exploited. I just, I feel the intent is good, Mm-hmm. I do um, too. but... Um, and it could be something really special. I just want to get it out there. And, you know, what I've learned is, um, psychics, mediums, clairvoyance, you name it, um, we're all people. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. And I learned not to put anyone on a pedestal, but at the same time, it's either people are going to love you or they're going to hate you.
7: Right.
2: Um, you know, and, you know, and my thing is you're in your place and, you know, I'm going to put it out there and, um what you take from it is completely up to the person. And I just believe everyone has the right to be in their own space. And it's just been like a a six-and-a-half-year, kind of like a desert period, growing spiritual development period for me. It's kind of like all mixed up into one. So um, I'm just going to trust. That spirit will lead me and guide me and also use my head at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pay attention. <laughs> that's the yes. perfect way to look at it. That's yeah. absolutely perfect.
7: have to perfect.
5: watch for well, all the little signs, too.
1: That's
2: right. Yeah, yeah. that's spirit something I've been doing. And thank be you. And
5: ask for, it, too. I'm, oh, I know. I know. I was I know. seeing signs where spirit wanted me to go, and I was like, okay, I'm confused here. Give me a clear enough sign and they literally almost smacked me across the face. It's like, here, is that a good enough sign for you? I'm like, uh-oh. Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. i got to be careful what I ask for here.
2: Yeah, because it's amazing, the power of thought, and yeah. I always try to make sure that I make sure the intent is, like, for my highest good or for anyone else that it's going to come, uh, come in contact with me. But if it's not... um. Something that's for my best interest and whatever spirit feels that would bring me as much joy, I just trust, you know, to bring in maybe something I haven't even thought of. Um, so I just try to keep open, and it's amazing how powerful our thoughts are. I'm just now realizing this. I don't know the past six months. It's inc- it, they manifest. It really, it really, you know, if you, you know, I try to put thought, positive thoughts in daily, and meditation, and um, even if it's five minutes or ten minutes, um, just to get clear and ready for the day. So yeah, it, it helps to that. balance me. Yes. Yeah, right. Thank you so much. I love listening to you and um, the people that you're speaking with and the compassion in you, you can hear it over the airwaves. So I just want to thank you. And like the one viewer uh, listener said, you have a very um, great radio voice.
7: <laughs> you put oh,
2: people you. right at ease, and <laughs> before you know it, you're opening up. So thank you so much. And can I hit mute just to listen in to the remaining I, of the show?
5: You sure can. Yeah, thank our you chat guys room, so uh, much. Everyone has to do is the chat room. You have to hit refresh now because after two hours and two, uh, 18 minutes, my chat room closes. So you just oh. hit refresh on your browser, and it will reopen again. Thank you. You're welcome, but I'll go ahead and mute you. Thank you. Yeah, for some reason after two hours and eighteen minutes, my chat room closes. So I have to get a an question, <laughs> and everyone can get back in again. That's so some funny. people actually do it a countdown. It's like, okay, it's been two hours and seventeen minutes. Up, and up, two eighteen. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh wait a minute, maybe it's not going to close, and we've made it like the two twenty-one, and all of a sudden they're away. And they're like, oh man, there it goes. It's like, yeah, it's an ongoing thing.
1: That's really pretty funny.
5: Hello, Erico eight zero four. You're on the air.
14: Hi, Michael. Hello, Melissa. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Good. Um, I'm a good friend of GP's as well as being a medium myself, and I want to win that book.
5: (laughs) You want to win that book so you know the answers?
14: I do. Your 100th show and your anniversary of not smoking.
5: Oh, wrong.
14: Oh, dang.
5: (laughs) Close, but wrong. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> and I was but telling I, everyone, she don't give away all the answers in the okay. chat room.
14: Uh, nobody did. I, I just popped in. I've been working all night. but
5: I know. You were so you know, close.
14: I know. Well, I wanted to um, welcome Melissa to BTR and um, thank her for being on here. You are a wonderful medium.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you very and, much.
14: Uh, Obviously, we know that um, being mediums ourselves, we can usually talk to our own relatives, but it's not as clear as when you can get it from someone else. I know. It's always nice, isn't it? My dad passed over 2008 in March. Um, His name was Carl, and I wanted to know if maybe you could try and connect for me.
1: Yeah. Um,
14: He smoked cigarettes? Long time ago, but yes.
1: Yeah, I'm getting uh, smoking cigarettes, and... um Carl, he's saying that um, the relationship between the two of you was not always as he wanted it to be, Um, particularly earlier in life. I think there were some amends made as time progressed, as time went on. Um, But he still has some regret over how he conducted himself in the earlier part of y'all's relationship when you were much younger. He just... um, you know, had a real insensitivity as to how his behavior affected other people, particularly the little people in the family. Was he in the um, armed? I'm oh, sorry? Spot on. Oh, thank you. Uh, Was he in the armed forces at some point? Yes. Yeah. And um, let's see. And I'm getting a real heaviness in the chest. So yes. I feel like he passed from something that occurred in the chest area. Um, possibly something that was related to smoking a long time ago,
14: yes and no, he did have um he did have emphysema, but that's
1: not ultimately how he passed, but very, oh. very good, okay, so just the having us in the lungs, yeah, and um he has a real casual way of of expressing his love, you know, like I love you baby, you know a real yeah. casual way of expressing it, and I think that. Um, when he said it in life, you almost wondered if it was genuine. You're like, did he, did he mean that? Did he not mean it? Were those just words? And he's saying, that's just the only way that I could get the words out. It's almost like he had a hard time connecting with people that way, he's showing love, expressing love, Absolutely. Um, h- helping people to feel loved. And he's saying, you know, even he regrets that, his personal limitations, the way he was raised, had an effect on on whether or not you felt loved. You know, he regrets that. And um, he says he's going to do better. He's going wow. to do better. He says he's learning, that he is continuing to learn on the other side, and that he's opening up. He's op- And he's showing me, like, his chest area. Like, he's opening up. He's learning how to love and accept himself so that he can begin to express that to others um, that was one of the main lessons that he was supposed to master in this life and he just didn't get it right and he's really ticked off that he realizes that now. He didn't do bad
14: (laughs) (laughs) yeah near the end of his life he really did make a lot of amends, Uh, I'll tell you he was an alcoholic yeah and he uh, gave it up when I was about four and it changed so I do, you've hit everything spot on Okay, good. Anything that he wants to say about what I'm doing in my life, that's the big thing. Because I feel him wanting to connect and say things to me, but I'm not picking it up. Well, I think that's
1: more his form of communication. (sighs) I think he's present and he's around you, um, but he's not really clear in his communication. It's almost like he wants to say things, he wants to comment, but he feels like it's not his place, like he doesn't have a place to say it. It would almost be, you know, like what, what, uh, what's the right word? What ground do I have to stand on? You know, what? Am, who am I to tell her what to do or how to do it is is really the way he feels about it. Um, I think because there is so much regret there, um, the, he's just he's so Im- impressed with you that you um, have your life pulled together the way you do. Um, so. Uh, It's not, I mean, I think you feel his presence and you feel his desire to -hmm. communicate with you, but I think what you also feel is that hesitancy. Yes. And he had it in life, too. (laughs) And And he's not speaking out loud. I mean, sometimes I see... Um, spirits, uh, loved ones from the other side that come over and they spend a lot of time just talking, 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 talking. Yes, I get those, too. They're so you, know, yes. they, mm-hmm. you know, they follow their loved ones around <laughs> and, you know, they're just, no, 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 like, you know, Geraldine from earlier in the evening, just, you know, I've got an opinion on whether you should use mustard or mayonnaise. And he's really the opposite, you know. is not saying anything. He's there and you can almost feel him go, up. You know, like, oh, I, I really want to make a comment, but then he just doesn't. So yeah. it's not that you're not picking up on what he's saying. It's more that you're just, you're picking, you know, it's like, oh, spit it out, would you? You know. Yes, it's like, that's exactly you're, it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and that's him. It's not that you're not receiving the information. It's He's
14: not giving it. Okay, great. That makes a lot of sense. And um, there's been some things going on. Uh, my son just joined the ROTC in his school. And he chose Navy in honor of my father. And, um, <clears throat> sorry, I get choked up because
7: uh, I know my dad would
14: be really proud. And mm-hmm. I uh, I always call to him and say, Dad, do you see what he's doing for you? Yeah. So I just wanted to make sure he notices.
1: Oh, yeah, he does. And and it, interestingly, it's like he can't find anything to say about it. <laughs> You know, I mean, you just, it's a good thing that you're intuitive. Otherwise, you would have no idea what this man is feeling because he's, he's, he's not going to communicate it. You are so
14: right. He was not a big talker. Never, yeah. ever, ever. So He's that picked way him death, up yeah. Well, thank you so much. I know GP's got a ton of callers, but you are amazing, and I, I hope you come back again. Thank you, yes. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, I'm going to have her back here
5: October 26th.
14: Beautiful. Peace and blessings to both
5: of you. You too, dear. We'll talk to you soon. All
6: right.
5: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, she was so close, and I figured, oh, Laura's got it. She's going to know the answer. But it's like, but the wrong answer out of that was that uh, she said that I quit smoking. That wasn't the answer I was looking for. Oh, right,
1: right, right, yeah.
5: Yeah. Hello, caller, you're on the air. Hello? Hello, you're on the air.
8: Yeah, my name is Charles. My son passed in two oh one. I was wondering if he had any messages for me.
1: What's his first name? Ted. T E D or T A D? T E D. T E D. Uh, was this an alcohol related
8: passing? No. He was murdered.
1: I was really feeling alcohol. I must be picking up on somebody else. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not picking up on Ted. Michael, are you getting something?
5: No, I'm not picking up on him either.
1: Um, Is this a recent passing, Charles?
8: No, it happened in 201.
1: You said 201, that's
8: right. Um, 2001, 2001. Right. Right. I I'm sorry. Thought maybe he'd, I thought maybe he had a message for me since I'm the one who found his body. So. Oh, so, okay, thank you.
1: I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry. Okay. just That's... evidently
5: he doesn't have a message that he wants to bring through right now. Yeah. Sometimes they do that. They they just don't want to bring any messages across.
1: Right, and you know, sometimes it's, Yeah, sometimes people are looking for something very specific. And I think that, you know, they're looking for a specific answer. They're looking for some specific type of um, consoling. And if the person on the other side is not going to bring through that message, sometimes I find I just don't show up at all.
5: Yeah, so, you know, I always tell everyone, too, it's like, you know, never uh, give up. Just, you know, maybe they'll come through for somebody else at another uh, another point in time.
8: Right, right.
5: So, and that's because that's the hard part, too. A lot of times, you know, they just don't want to come through. They're just like, right. no, nah, I don't want to say anything right now. Right.
8: <laughs> right. But
5: well, there's nothing to do code 206. About no, there isn't.
10: Air code 206, you're on the air. Hi. Hello. I'm going to say your 100th anniversary and your three-month show.
5: Okay, which one happened first?
10: The three months. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> ha ha, Laura, I do <laughs>
7: <laughs>
5: All of a sudden when Laura got it wrong All of a sudden the lines lit up I was like, oh. like someone's got the answer then
6: <laughs>
7: <laughs>
5: Yes, that's a game of Dabby.
6: Okay, all right, good
5: <laughs> So we'll go ahead and, and um, I'll, I'll get a hold of you On how we're going to get the book out to you, dear
10: All right, sweetheart, have a good night
5: you too. We'll talk to you shortly. Okay. Bye. Yeah, she was like, I want the book. I want the book. It's like, Laura's like, I'm going to get it first because I got them on speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why the minute Laura, uh, Laura got it wrong and they were giving it to me, he's like, Oh, I got it. I got it. It's like, okay, you got to get in now. <laughs> oh,
1: that's sweet. You know, I can put my um, email address out there. If she just uh, wants to email me directly, I can. Um, you know, her mailing address, I can send it to her. You want to do okay.
5: that? Yeah, yeah. you can do that. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> nice. She's like an exception. She goes, see, I pay attention. <laughs> it was true, though. One of the things that I did quit was quit smoking, but I was looking for my blog talk radio things that I celebrated. I had my Three-month right. anniversary on a Friday, and the following Monday, I celebrated my 100th show.
1: That's amazing. 100 shows in three months. Yes. That is really amazing. Congratulations.
5: Thank you. Yeah, it's been it's been a long time, and that's why it's like, no, nope, Spirit was telling me, it's like, no, you've done your part now. It's like time to cut back.
1: Oh, that's nice.
5: That's why I'm going to be taking the weekends off. So it's been wonderful having you here. The lines are quiet now. More and more people are showing up.
1: Well, it's this has been so much fun.
5: Yeah, I can't wait to do this again, and hopefully we can get you regularly here.
1: I would love that. That would be a blast.
5: So what I've got to do is see if, if there's anybody on the other side that wants to try to come through for me. Okay. you can pick up if anyone wants to come through because I'm, I'm the same uh, way, like you know, like Laura says like you know hard to try to get anyone that she can pick up on oh family member. through yeah
1: through me for you yes you know I I um thank you Laura that's very sweet um y- you know I I just for some reason I've not yet been used that way maybe that will change or somebody on the other side says hey I've really got this this message i I wish they would it would it would be so much easier that way but um, typically I have to have somebody give me a name or or say here go find this person and then I can <laughs> find them can
5: you find Teresa
1: Teresa I'm hearing big big laughter is that Teresa does she have really big laughter oh
5: yeah
1: yeah <laughs> I'm hearing really big laughter lots of um Lots of fun times. Um, the two of y'all were you know, are considered each other um, big buddies. Um, Does she have a Did she have a drinking problem or something to do with alcohol?
5: Not that I know of.
1: Not that you know of. I feel like a almost like she had a difficult time with um, you know, some type, some people can drink a little or take a little and. Um, do just a little in sort of a disciplined way. And I, I just feel like she had kind of a difficult time with um, metering or managing that sort of thing. So um, maybe it was something else other than alcohol. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm hearing big laughter, robust, robust laugh. And um, what else, Teresa? She says... Um, Tell him I miss him, which is interesting because I've never heard some, somebody from the other side say that she um, that they would miss anybody. Um, she's been gone for a while. Yes. So maybe that's what she's referring to. Um, oh, okay, she misses the times that that you used to share. She misses the Earth plane things. Okay, were you all smoking buddies? Did she no. smoke? No, uh, no, not really. Well, I'm picking it. Was, was was the social aspect taking place, like, in a bar or some place where there was drinking and smoking or in an environment where there was drinking and smoking?
5: She used to work at a bar.
1: I don't know why I'm smelling cigarette smoke so strongly. Um, maybe that's why. Um, I'm not getting much more from her.
5: Maybe she's with somebody else that um, that has also crossed over. That was smokers.
1: Maybe, um, but I'm just picking up on this drinking and smoking and like really good times and um, partying, but not to the point of drunkenness or you know really debauchery or anything. But just really having a good time. Um, and I I just see such a close relationship between the two of you where. You know, the two of you could share your, your um, struggles, your problems. And um, she really appreciated your insights. And she's hoping that she helped you as well. She feels that she did.
5: Yeah, Teresa's my, uh she's my mom.
1: Oh, she's your mom. Gosh, yeah. it comes across as so much more of a buddy-type relationship.
5: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were but... really, unlike, you know, Typical mom and son, but we were just like best buddies, too.
1: It totally comes across as buddies, yeah. She's not representing herself as your mother at all. It's real. I mean, she really regards you as her equal, and she felt like really you were the teacher. She didn't feel like she was the teacher.
5: Hmm. Yeah, cause I always wonder if she's ever got it. coming across, because I've, I've tried and, you know, I've been able to visit the other side with other relatives, but I can't with her.
1: Oh, well, that's interesting,
5: which was like I was like, okay, why can't I? You know sometimes I'll have dreams, but not I, nothing that I really remember,
1: yeah, um you know i would just i would um try to connect with her in the more casual moments, um you know, just in the more casual parts of your day, just you know, Mom, I'm thinking about you, I miss you, I would really love to um, I would really love to feel your presence. I'd really like to have—I'd really love to have some um, confirmation of your presence. You know, ask for those specific things. You know, all the things you tell your clients. <laughs> um, she totally represents this as an e- like an equal. You know, we all were just these big. That's really interesting. I've not—I've uh, not seen that before in a in a mother son relationship. Yeah, but she just she really. Looked up to you and admired you just for your strength, your strength for um, um, a determination to be who you are, and for not giving up on that.
5: Yeah, um, yeah. Because I was there when she um, when she passed and when she made the decision that she didn't want to live anymore. Yeah. Because I told her, I said, you know, I made peace with that, and I told her, I said, I'll be fine. Because she was like, you know, I just don't want to live this way anymore, and and I said, okay. I said, you know, made peace, I told her, I said, what do you want me to do? And she told me, and I was there with her when she took her last breath.
1: Mm, Yeah. She's very happy to be free. And And it
5: wasn't, wasn't easy for her here.
1: Yeah. And she says uh, that she'll work harder to make her presence known. It's interesting. It's like she's been busy. It's like she's been very busy. Lots of learning.
5: That makes sense. She's always curious about a lot of things.
1: Yeah. I feel like she's got lots and lots of learning going on. And uh, she's ecstatic that that will never be finished.
5: Well, good. well thank you. Yeah, we've got yeah. a couple other callers here. We'll go ahead and try to get them in here. Sure. And Gamma, Debbie said she's getting ready to move, so we can go ahead and give the book to Laura. Okay. We'll have, we'll have Laura email you, and we'll uh, get the info out. Okay. Erica at 407, you're on the air.
0: Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing good. Um, is she doing readings? Yes. Okay. Um, I'd like to... I need a job. <laughs> I'd like to know if I'll be working soon.
1: Okay. And what's your first name? Bella. Bella? Bella. Ella.
0: Bella, let
1: it be. That's okay. Yeah, Bella. Okay. Will you be working soon? Yeah, I think so. Um, you're in some sort of a service industry? Um,
0: I haven't uh, worked for a while. Oh, okay. I, well, then I'm... I for the last three years I was taking care of my mother, who was sick.
1: Okay. Well, then, then I see you going into some kind of a service industry. Um. And yeah, I think you'll be working very soon. I would say in the next 30 to 60 days.
0: Will my financials
1: get better um, with time? Yes. But you you need to um, be smarter about your funds. Be smarter about your finances. Make sure you're planning for the future, and um, treat your money as, as you know for the the valuable commodity that it is. And don't don't discount its value. Does that make sense to you?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah you, you don't want to be careless with it. You treat it. It's valuable treat it, treat it as such respect
0: yeah, yeah,
1: that's when it's gone, it's gone, that's not much fun, uh-huh. um you know, being afraid of whether or not you can take care of yourself is a horrible place to be, so um you know, i I just I feel like you have a lot more skills than you give yourself credit for, and um. If you, I think you could package yourself up and market yourself nicely. And um, have a little more confidence in terms of the folks that you're reaching out to. And, um, um, you know, sometimes in a job search when you're looking for something um, and you get a lot of rejection or there's just a lot of non, non-response, it's very easy to think, well, why try you know, and uh-huh. you want to be very careful about apathetic attitudes because that's a real, that's a real killer, and that'll really get in the way of of things that you want. So, um, just make sure that you're continuing to to get your contact information out there, your resume out there as much as you need to, and you know, remember that finding a job is is a process, and um, it's it's sort of like dating. You know, sometimes you have to kiss a lot of frogs. So. Just just stay out there until you get what you want.
0: Um, I've been thinking about I've been wanting to start a business of my own. Um, that I maybe I ha I have what I you know, I have in mind what I want to do but I don't have the money, of course. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, I would say not right now. I'd say let's let's get some financial stability in your life. And let's get yeah, let's get some so you can take your mind off your worries and let's get some stability in your life, and then after that, let's begin to do some planning for what you'd like to do for a business. But I think once you get into starting your own business and you can look at that you know maybe around June of next year, then um, bring in the help that you need to figure out the parts of the business that you don't know. Don't just jump into the water before learning how to swim. Make sure you get some good counsel on that, okay.
0: Right. What er, what area do you see me working in?
1: I don't know. I just, you know, I got service industry was the first thing that popped into my mind. I mean, that was just the first thing they said, so. Okay.
0: Um, Yeah.
5: Okay. Thank
0: you very much. You're very welcome.
14: Bye-bye.
5: Bye-bye. Oh, we've got time for one more caller, and then we'll call it an evening. Okay. Because I'm sure you, you got to go check on your son, see how he's doing. Probably, probably still sleeping.
1: Yeah, he's sleeping beautifully. Yeah.
5: Area code six two three. You're on the air. Hi. Hello.
4: Hi. Good evening. My name's Karen. I'm a first-time Hi. listener. <laughs>
5: well, welcome, Karen.
4: Um, I actually my questions are almost the same as the other callers about uh, uh, job. Uh, related. Um, it's a possibility that we're going to go on strike, and I may lose my job, but I've also been trying to uh, think about doing other things. I have some ideas, and I've really always wanted to have my own business or working for myself, and I'm just wondering what you see in that area for me.
1: Can you tell me what industry you're in right now? Uh, I work in a grocery store. <laughs> you work in a grocery store, and you're gr- and they're going on strike?
4: Uh, it's a possibility, yeah, they're voting on it. <laughs>
1: wow. Um, is it a chain? Yeah. It's a chain. Okay. So it's a national thing. Gosh, I hope it's not I shop. Okay. <laughs> where will I get my bread and cheese? Um, you know, I, I don't know if you guys are going to go on strike or not, but I do think you're going to make a job change because I think you're just so incredibly bored where you are.
4: Yeah. <laughs> and
1: I think that... Um, in your heart of hearts even if you didn't go on strike it's sort of the whole strike thing is just irrelevant it's about you following your dream and and living your life the way you want to live it so I think that you have a really good shot of of making it um, as you start your own business but here's what I would here's what I would say here's what I would caution you against make sure you plan for the long term because I think your tendency is to think things th- will work out a lot sooner than, than oftentimes they actually do. So when it comes to making project and they're saying work out much better than they actually do. So when it comes to making projections, um, just make sure you're really looking at every possible scenario that you're really planning for the long range, planning for the long term. Okay. Yeah. Um, but definitely start putting that business plan together. Start, um, y- you know, I think you spend a lot of time just thinking about your, your business and, and, and how you would like for it to look and feel and go and so on and so forth. Start putting the plan together. Start putting the pieces together. Start figuring out exactly what resources you would use. Put the budget together. Start, start doing something on it every day. You know, what kind of business? <laughs> <laughs> I knew Eat
4: what it. I wanted to do, but the money fell through for that. So
1: um, I don't. I, I don't. I just I can totally see you in your own business. Um, nothing in food. Um, I think you've had enough of that. Um, but I, I do think you're quite good at uh, service, customer service. So um, perhaps some other type of um, of uh, franchise-type business where you're your greeting customers day in and day out. I think you do that extremely well.
4: Hmm. You know, a friend of mine wanted me to become a personal trainer and uh, go in business with him. I was like, I don't
1: know. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't see that. I, I see you in more of a sort of an established storefront type of business.
7: Hmm. All
1: right. Yeah, but, you know, start... Start putting something together on that every day, even if it's just looking at different types of uh, business opportunities, because I think uh, I think you would do quite well with that. Okay. Yeah.
4: All right. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome.
5: You're very welcome. Have yourself a wonderful evening.
4: You too. Thank you.
5: Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, I see you're going to also be on After Dark Radio Show on October 9th. Yes. Any other shows that you're going to be on?
1: Oh, yes. Let me pull up October.
5: Let's see.
7: Okay.
1: I'm on, uh, Waking with Well, I'm on the WB Ward Show, uh, on September 29th. I'm on the EVP Lounge tomorrow night. Waking with Spirit on the 2nd. Uh, yeah, After Dark on the 9th, The Fearless Ghost Hunter Show on the 11th, Sci-Fi Radio on the 14th, um, You on the 26th, and looks like Christine Flieger on the 28th.
5: You're going to be real busy in October.
1: I am. And you know, I've been doing my shows every Friday at 9 a.m., and um, and that's been going well. I think we're going to start adding some evening shows to it. So that'll be fun. You know, I always wonder if I, because I'm somebody that. Um, um, oh, that's Laura. Laura. Yeah, you're gonna
5: be on Laura's show.
1: That's hysterical. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's great. Uh, but you know, I always wonder if I'm gonna have the energy to um, to be awake at one o'clock in the morning, you know, and do readings, and at three o'clock in the afternoon, you think, oh, there's no way. I just, you know, I'm too exhausted, and then. Midnight rolls around and it's just so much fun. <laughs> you know, it's so energizing. I just love it. So I love evening shows.
5: Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm not. Um, I'm gonna. Sw- I'm gonna leave Mondays when I come back as um, a ten o'clock show.
7: Mhm.
5: But then the rest of the week I'm gonna do eight o'clock.
7: That's
1: good. That's good.
5: So, well, I want to thank you so much for being with us tonight.
1: Thank you. This was a blast. I really enjoyed it, and I
5: I love talking with
1: you, love talking with your guests.
5: And I look forward to having you on the 26th, and we'll talk more about seeing when we can get you here regularly.
1: That would be fabulous. Thank you so much, Michael. This was a real joy.
5: Well, thank you very much, and uh, I'll tune in on a couple of other shows and talk to you more.
1: Okay. Sounds great. Thank you. Okay.
5: Good night, and take care of your son. Give him big hugs.
1: Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. Bye-bye.
5: Bye-bye. So, yes, I'm still here. We've got about two minutes left. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. So, yeah, and Laura's surprised that she's going to be on her own show. Yes, her assistant is wonderful to talk to. So, but, yeah, we're going to. um Yeah, go ahead, everyone. Thank Melissa, you know. I'm so glad that the money for president got here towards the end of the show. Then I can go ahead and kick him out. <clears throat> but that's okay. It's been a nice, wonderful evening. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Don't forget, tomorrow night and Sunday will be me. And then I'm off on vacation. So, um, but on October 1st, I'm going to be on Your Mental Health. And then when I come back from vacation on the 5th, I'm going to have Cold Case Psychic on and mark the calendars because October 12th, I'm going to have Lorraine Warren with me. She's only going to be with me, though, for a half hour, so the rest of the show is just going to be me. And then, of course, on the 26th, we're going to have Melissa back with us again. Yes, I always send out prayers for people when I kick them out of the chat rooms. So I know I just kick them out and say, go on, but i um, you know, always send out prayers for them. So i got to do a quick shout-out, but while I still have the time here, yeah, i got about a minute left. Thank you for visiting After Dark Radio at Peace, Bella Rose, G, Hunter Gamma, Debbie, Laura Evans, Melissa, a pleasure, uh, you. M- pleasure having you on the show. Hello, Solana, Terry and M, Moon Lady, Meowie Smiling, and everybody else who was here earlier and who's listening in on the archives and who's listening in. Don't forget you can find me on MySpace, Facebook, and Twitter as Gay Psychic. Add me as a friend, mark me as a favorite. You can also see me on ProPsychicChat.com as well as um, my own website, GayPsychiconline.com. And I'm also available to be a guest on your own show as well. Contact me on my website. So until tomorrow night, everyone, have fun, play safe, and do not name it after me love and light and God bless.